Welcome everyone to the Chompcast, the official podcast of Sword Chomp and SwordChomp.com. Thank you for downloading or streaming the podcast, taking some time out of your busy day to listen to us. Uh, remember, if you're digging the show, please subscribe or leave us a kind rating. Uh, follow us at SwordChomp on the Twitter and the Instagram, and just you know share the podcast with your friends and family. Just get the name out there. Um, awesome show today, but uh, let's introduce everyone, including myself. I am Morgan Barnes, uh, broadcasting live from Montana, hosting the show here. Um, the crew of the Chompcast is here. Quick introductions. Joshua, the gunslinger Fowler, is here from Michigan. How you doing, Josh? Pew, pew. Pew, pew. Um, pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> Josh sent us a picture of uh, him holding some sort of olden times revolver before the podcast, so that's where mm-hmm. that came from. Tiny little thing. Tiny like- little thing. Well, we'll be talking a lot about revolvers later on, Josh, because that's my weapon of choice in Destiny 2. So I'm really excited to hear all about that. Why, why do you do this to yourself, Morgan? Just find something that puts the most lead downrange so you have just statistically a chance of hitting something. <laughs> you know, I gotta, this is that impact, Josh. This is that impact meter. I can't stop myself. Um <laughs> But yeah, Josh had a crazy week this week, uh, and we are glad you are back with us, uh, good sir. From Japan, we have the one and only Shay Lemon Party Layton is here with us. How are you doing, Shay? Hello, I'm doing well. Um, I've taken my teeth out, and I'm ready for this podcast. <laughs> you ready to gum it up? I am ready. I am ready to just. Uh, I got nothing. <laughs> I was gonna say I'm ready to possible. drool. I was gonna say I'm ready yeah, to drool all over the place, that but that just sounded too. Yeah, that's true. Uh. My mind just isn't what it used to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we're glad you're here, Shay. I know it's gonna be tough listening to us talk a lot of Destiny today, but we got a lot of other cool stuff to talk about as well. So as as long as I don't I hear know. it's the best game ever, blah 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 blah. I don't mm-hmm. care. Okay. Oh, oh, fuck. There goes my bit. <laughs> yeah, scratch it off the notes. Best game ever, blah, 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 blah. All right. Sorry. All right. Um, well, we'll see, Jay. We'll see how the conversation goes. I can promise you that. Um, next up, we have uh, our lovely co-host from Texas. Um, you can normally find him on a nice, warm summer evening such as this on his back patio, wearing nothing but a 10-gallon hat. Painting. He loves to paint the wonders of the Southwest while listening to his Limp Biscuit collection on vinyl. His name is Anthony Fisher. How you doing, Fish? Yeehaw! What's up, everybody? <laughs> I tried to channel Fred Durst in a fucking cowboy no, no. <laughs> voice, and that, that didn't work. Huh. Yeah, try it again. I, I know you have a better Fred Durst voice than you. I've heard it. Why, why is everybody gotta be picking on me? Okay, that's pretty good, but you didn't you didn't do the cowboy thing. You didn't do the yeehaw. Now combine them. Yeehaw. Oh, okay, that's good enough. I've I've really put fish in a hole right at the beginning of the podcast. I feel I feel bad about that. Um, Thanks, Oregon. Glad you could take some time away from your lading, uh your latest canvas to uh to join us on the podcast tonight and talk a little destiny. So yeah. Appreciate that that you guys are having me here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When I was preparing that joke, I was thinking of um, Will Ferrell's character in The Office. 
um, you know, that guy, I forgot his name already, but he was obsessed with the Southwest. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he had a yeah. Picture, picture of the Southwest in his office. Yeah, yeah. So office fans out there will know what's up. Uh, speaking of what's up, we have a special guest today, a good friend of ours. Hopefully after this long intro, he's not too nervous. His name is Ryan. <laughs> he goes by uh, Akuna Matata 522 on Instagram, friend of the show. How are you doing, Ryan? Not bad, guys. Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being here. I was joking with the crew that uh so the way this came to be was i <laughs> i posted one of our podcasts and on the picture of this show post was a bunch of classic gaming characters inside of a taco um crash bandicoot link mario and sonic and it was for our 53rd podcast and i said if anybody gets why there's a picture of cauliflower in the background of this picture you can be a guest host on the next podcast or whatever and i didn't think anyone was going to answer it and lo and behold, really? you did you did it. You got right on that. You were I, like, I actually thought it was going to be a race. I thought people were going to be like, you know, I, I was worried that I wasn't going to get it. I thought somebody would get it before me. You beat him to it, man. You beat him to it. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're glad to have you. I mean, I know when I first met you, you said that you drive for a living. You listen to a lot of podcasts. Yeah, listen to a lot of podcasts all day. Um, just you know, a bunch of video game podcasts from a bunch of you know different outlets and stuff and i came across this one i uh been following you for around instagram and i commented on one of the abzu videos and uh mm, that's right yeah and you messaged me hey you know we have a podcast check it out and stuff so next day at work i you know gave it a listen and i was like wow this is like it's pretty polished and good and it's nice hearing opinions from average gamers like myself without you know all the the bias and the industry bullshit that you know most of the time comes along with most of the podcasts I listen to. So I've been a weekly listener and turned a couple of my friends onto it, and yeah, it's, it's you know it's nice when it comes out. Yeah, well, thank you. That's really nice I to mean, hear, man. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah no problem. I'm glad that you've been able to turn your friends onto it. Hopefully, in turn, we've turned your friends on. Yeah, <laughs> I love sure turning have, friends man. on. Pretty <laughs> sure you have. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, it's it's been really cool to to get to know you. And like I said, I when I, whenever you messaged me or whenever you left to comment on the Abzu video, I was like, okay, this guy obviously is an intelligent, down to earth fellow because he loves <laughs> Abzu. You know, <Yeah>. Josh. <clears throat> so I. I knew that I was like, okay, well, I'm going to message this guy and see if maybe he'll ditch. So, yeah, anyways, um, you won the first and only trivia question to become a guest podcast host <laughs> that we've ever done. So, yay. Right on. I actually had to listen to the episode again, um, skim through it. And because uh, I listened to it the day before when it went up. And when you put that question, I was like, I, didn't, I don't remember Josh ever talking about cauliflower. Like, what? okay, like, I missed something. <laughs> and then plus, I just wanted to win it, you know? So I went back and kind of skimmed through it and found it. I didn't get the reference at first, but once you mentioned it, you know, send me a picture. It, it totally made sense. Yeah. Josh yeah, goes way back. I think, with... I think that's Josh's yeah. favorite reference, actually. That's his favorite reference because <laughs> he's done that back from – when we used to talk about Halo 2 during SPT days. I yeah, love that. I don't know if Josh just it's, hates Cauliflower or hates the Flood, but it's one of the two. I think it's I think it's both. That's true. He's non-discriminatory. He hates it all equally. 
I thought he was talking about the the grave mine or the gravekeeper. Incorrect. Incorrect. Oh, oh okay. But thanks for your <laughs> thanks for your interjection there, buddy. <laughs> You're welcome. You even uh, played Halo wanna... before? <laughs> Never. Actually, no. I played it with you because That's he's cool. upgraded to a much better game. Uh oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ooh. That's same accurate. developer though. Yes. Same developer. You can't. You can't. Tear I was giving you the perfect uh, you segue. Yeah, well, we got other stuff, unfortunately, but that would have been a perfect segue. <laughs> I appreciate trying. Um, you, can't, you can't tear fish from the bungee dick. One way or another, he will cling to that dick for life. Um, this is true. That's kind of the point of bungee, down right? Forever. You cling to it mm-hmm. as you're going down <laughs> and up and down <sighs> and up, Josh. Say, even Josh is disappointed down. in that joke. Come on. Come on. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> good God. Anyways, um, it's it's gonna be an awesome show. So thanks for being here, Ryan, and uh, lots to Thank talk you. about with you later. Um, anyways, one of our biggest shows of the year, as we have enough Destiny Two talk to make your head spin. Um, and <laughs> I gotta say, for every time that me and Fish or somebody else on this podcast, did you ever listen to the podcast that we did, Ryan, with the uh, air horn? Yeah, every time someone cusses, bah, 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 bah. yeah. Well, yeah. this one, every time somebody creams themselves over destiny, we'll get a little bit of this. Okay. <laughs> that... That's 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 pretty much going to be the whole podcast. Then I have a feeling. Why don't you run, grab your phone charger? <laughs> it's gonna be running out of. be running out of batteries. Um, you may need a like backup battery pack. <laughs> I'm ready to go, man. Um, but yeah, so it's going to be a lot of fun. Destiny Two talk. I know that's the one of those games that people ask us about all the time. Um, also, we have a great question from a friend of the show and a co-host from a couple weeks ago about uh, whether they should buy the Switch or the VR or a PSVR or both. Uh, we have a great article this week in our biology break portion of the show where we discuss a vicious mind-controlling insect of your nightmares and much, much more. Um, But the main topic of today's show is nostalgia, uh, which we've only touched on in little bits before. And I wanted to give you a chance to introduce your topic because I know whenever I... I always give the guests a chance to bring a topic to the show and you had some time to think about it. So nostalgia was your choice, Ryan. Could you just introduce it and why? Yeah, um, pretty much I just wanted to talk about nostalgia and what impact do you think it has had on the video game industry? And also just the second part, what, you know, moments from your past, you know, including video games or nerd culture or whatever, make you feel nostalgic? What do you look back on that, you know, you long for and just, you know, get nostalgic over Okay, well, I'll break the ice here. My first question to you guys is more philosophical. Why the hell do we even want nostalgia anyway? You know what I mean? Like, why do you think, because I agree with you, Ryan, a lot of times people are seeking that feeling. Um, Sonic Mania is a game we just played recently that gave people a lot of nostalgia. Um, But why do you think that people try, this is, as I kind of lead in here, always looking for that feeling? Because I think, and maybe you guys will disagree with me, I think that it's almost sometimes often misguided uh, in the fact that we sometimes long for things for the wrong reasons. like. I might look back and say, man, I, I miss the nostalgia of playing Halo 
you know, back in 2001 or whatever it was. But in reality, maybe I just missed, you know, hanging around in my living room with my friends like Josh, sitting around, not having a lot of responsibility, playing something that was top of the line. Maybe I'm nostalgic for something else. The game, I'm using that game as a scapegoat to remind me of that time um, when maybe things were simpler. So do you think that's really what it is? Like we're trying to bring ourselves back to different places in our life and we're hoping that those games or movies or whatever will do it. I mean, how do you guys feel about that? I think that's definitely a part of it. Um, I mean, I mean, just, just look at um, how many games have just, just really just used the art style of some of these older games and nothing else. They haven't really gone with the mechanics or anything. Um, anything, but just just trying to evoke um, just the the feelings of those games from visuals alone. Um, I mean, obviously, with uh, better success here and there, then I mean, obviously a mixed bag there because some people have been putting the work into that art style, and others have just been. Trying to capitalize on it. Yeah, yeah, using it like a shortcut, thinking, oh, pixel art is easy. It's it's less lower res. It's all this. And that's really not the case because it's really easy to make horrible looking pixel art. And there's been a, right. a lot of that as well. Yeah. I was trying to think of an example other than like Hyperlight Drifter and stuff like that that goes for that. Like, you're, that's a good point, Josh. People try to, but that's that's an interesting question because they're trying to make a new game, but in a style that's supposed to remind you a little bit of games you grew up with, because they want to bring up some sort of feeling within you. And I mm-hmm. think it's a little bit of a trick. I think they're trying to remind you of a time when we all considered like the golden age or a, when video games were better. You know what I mean? Now before it was all Call of Duty and all this stuff, which is referential but do you think there's a little bit of that where it's like this game is trying to almost trick you into a better time in your life when gaming was was in its sort of like golden age or am i looking too far into that i think you're looking too far into it (laughs) to be honest with you um i think that what what you and joshable said like with it it's not only a simpler time within ourselves but it's a simpler time within gaming because in order to be innovative and creative in in art in this world now, it has to be kind of an amalgam of what we've seen and redefining that and creating something new. So we were talking about before at the beginning of the podcast how the very one of the very first video games was Pong, and you think about how simple that game was and how far we've come now. It's just we've added more and more and more layers. So when we go when we go back to these older games or older music or um, older art forms, maybe it's maybe art is not the best example, but there is a little bit more simplicity in there, and that's kind of what's beautiful about it is because it's it was it was groundbreaking at the time, it was defining, and it had so few elements, and it could be that at that time because there was nothing else like it. If I was to try and sound exactly like Black Sabbath right now, for example, I would sound like a thousand other bands. And the simplicity of Black Sabbath is brilliant, but you can't recapture that because we've moved so far 
as a society and as a culture from that. And I think that's why we hearken back to that is because of that simplicity within the art form. And at one point, it could be simple and it was gratifying at the time. Now it can never be that. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean, that, yeah. that may be a good shorthand for this game is paired back to just the basics just to kind of get people ready for it um yeah in in, in a way that uh might make them a little bit more accepting um of a simpler mm-hmm. game um, i always well. think it's interesting when they when games will use a nostalgia style but it doesn't evoke any nostalgia like for example um like Hotline Miami is one of my favorite games ever, and that game is definitely harkening back to sort of like, if I'm correct me if I'm wrong, but sort of like a Super Nintendo aesthetic, right? But it's very over the top, violent. Um, the action is it feels like something very new and modern, and it doesn't evoke anything, but it's using a style that it was taken from the past. So it's like, yeah. well, I mean, it looks no one remembers these games because. They they weren't popular at all until three, but the first couple GTA games were top down pixelated games. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I mean, it all it. I mean, if you played those, it does evoke that to a certain extent. Um, That's true. That's true. Yeah. But I, mean, um, I think it could go both ways. Like, kind of like what Shay was saying. You know, um, I think it just kind of. It gives us that magical feeling that we felt when we were kids. You know, the first time you try a Mario Bros or, you know, something like that, of that older style that now Shovel Knight tries to, you know, redo and everything like that. It kind of gives you that sense of magic again and that sense of wonderment that you felt. Um, it's not all the time. I mean, it can vary game by game, but yeah. it kind of, you know, brings that same childlike emotion in you. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel, I, I feel like nostalgia um, in like the gaming industry. Like, I feel like a lot of these developers, uh, these big developers, coming out with games. Like, uh, some of the games that they come out with, uh, I feel are leaning heavily on the people's nostalgia for the series. Like, mainly remakes, like the new Crash Bandicoot. I feel like they they were really banking on you know older folks out there kind of communicating out to other people in social media about mm-hmm. how much they loved the game back then and them getting yeah. jazz about playing it. Like it, that type of nostalgia um, used in video games, I think is um, almost kind of taking advantage of people because um, it, yeah. the, 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 I haven't played it, but like, I feel like if I played the new Crash Bandicoot, like I wouldn't feel the same way I did when I played Crash Bandicoot back in 1999. You know, uh, it's, yeah. it's it's just you can't capture it. But I feel like these these gaming industries kind of uh, play into it and kind of trick you into thinking that you're going to get that same feeling, and that's why you go out and spend sixty dollars mm-hmm. on a remake. Hmm. I, I think some companies. I didn't take do it that like that at all, man. See, you, oh, you insulted God, Crash Bandicoot, and Shay is like, all right, <laughs> hold on. Don't be insulting Crash Bandicoot. <laughs> well, I haven't played nah. it, so I, I don't know for sure. But I'll just use it. I think, I think it's more an insult yeah. against the company. And I, what, I, what I took that as is a paying homage to something that was great that hasn't had a good release in 
I don't know, 12 years. Um, But also a way to bring it to this generation because, you know, we all can, we all played those games and have differing opinions on it, but it was generally accepted as a great game for its time. And yeah, to, to bring it to this audience, I think is smart because then that not only gauges interest in future installments, but it also kind of tests the waters for what other games are people seeking in the future. Like, do do people still want the first-person shooter? Do people want more RPG? Do they want action-adventure platforming? Kind of gauging by that, and I don't know. I th- I think there's. I think I don't think it's just like a like a playing on nostalgia. I definitely think that's part of it, but I think there's a lot more complexity. Yeah, that. I mean, it's. I think it's kind of a loaded thing because on one hand, I, I let's put it this way. I agree with Fish. I think it's a trick, but I think it's an okay trick. I think it's a kind of a pleasant trick. I mean, things like Shovel Knight do make you feel reminiscent of like when you were a kid playing an NES game, even though Shovel Knight is very much a modern game. It's it's designed to make you feel that nostalgia, right? But I think that's okay. Yeah. It's a trick, and they want part of... Because if you didn't feel that nostalgia, you might play that game and be like, well, eh, okay, you run and jump on things with your shovel. That's about it. But because it's hearkening to a beautiful time in gaming and it fills you with that feeling, you get those warm fuzzies. So I actually agree with Fish. I think it is a trick that they're a lot of oftentimes, but I think it's an okay trick. I think it's there's nothing wrong with it. It's not like some sort of evil thing i just i feel like now i'm more aware when i play a game that oh this is really pulling on my nostalgia um Mm -hmm. yeah i can agree with that i don't think it's a trick um i I really don't think it's a a trick that much like it can show that the developers actually you know love that game and love that series and they want to put their time and i mean like with crash for example i mean that was like, I haven't played it, but my friends that have said it's like a labor of love. And you can tell mm-hmm. all the love and care that has went into that game. And I think, you know, that it shows on the developer side that they really want to keep that franchise alive. I mean, yeah. you know, like like for our future kids or something, I mean, that can't really understand the current first person shooters or anything. You can probably hand them Crash and they'll get that same nostalgic feeling when they're older that we would you know now so i think it's more for it's just as much for you know the older generation as it is the newer generation it's just kind of keeping that flame burning i think a trick is more like exactly you know the snes classic like what nintendo's doing with that and how they are handling distribution and stuff of that i think that is more of a predatory trick on well, the consumer side you know that that's a, that's a good point right i'll, I'll rephrase two things i want to rephrase there one it's interesting the idea that kids could play a remake of Crash Bandicoot now and then maybe have nostalgia for that down the road. That's kind of an interesting yeah. concept if you think about it. <laughs> nostalgia about a remake that was trying to evoke nostalgia. Um, but the I, I, I phrased it wrong. I don't mean it's a trick the developers are trying to trick us. I mean it's a, a trick that our brain plays with us. Oh, okay, um, yeah. When we play something like that, I think our brains send those waves of like, oh, yeah, it's like I'm yeah, eight years okay. old again. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't mean it in like the developers are trying to pull a fast one, but I, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, and I I, I can agree with that because, I mean, that's something – I think – yeah, I think it's a trick that you can use that way. Like, just like any other artistic choice that you make, any other any other 
tool in the toolbox where the point is using it to do what you want it to. So if you don't understand what, what it's capable of, that's understanding how to use it, I think is the biggest, the biggest thing um, as far as how successfully it comes across. Um, Yeah. I mean, stuff like um, since we've already been talking about Shovel Knight, Shovel Knight looks in your mind like how SNES games looked. It's not. It looks no. much, much better than that. It has better, crazy yeah. effects going on mm-hmm. there. Uh, it's, it's just, it's optim. It's, it's not how those games were. It's how you think they were. Um, yes. It's yeah. polished everything up and it's not, it's not being a slave to these old, oh, it has to be this way type thing. It's just using it as, um, like a starting, a starting point. Yeah, instead yeah. Of... there was technological limitations to the NES that Shovel Knight is not going to follow because why should they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Whereas, whereas some games, I've seen a lot of retro games that could run on the old hardware. That was it's kind of what they were going for. It's they're not not as polished as something like Shovel Knight. Um, but I mean, not even not even using something like that, but. Um, I mean, just thinking about other other games that have used like minimalistic type pixel art, it's. I feel like Fez maybe. I, Fez Cave to an story? extent because Cave story because Fez was extremely unique because it's actually a three D game that makes you think it's a two D game mm-hmm. the entire time you're playing. It's it's that's amazing. That's that's definitely one worth playing. They're trying to mind fuck your nostalgia in that case. Yes, and that, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. They use yeah, they use the use it in a great way, just to kind of play play you against yourself there, which works out great. Um, so yeah. yeah. Well, if you guys want to run around, I'll I'll start it. We can all name a couple of games that maybe bring back good nostalgia for us more specifically. Um, I know, like one for me that always brings back nostalgia is uh, the Tomb Raider games. I know they get sick of the crew gets sick of hearing me talk about those, but I grew up with those. And like when I go back and play Tomb Raider two, it brings back a pretty good nostalgia for me. Um, less about where I was in my life at the time, and more of like, oh my god, video games can do this, and everything's like over exaggerated. There's a giant key in the middle of this lake, just because that's how video games were in 1994, you know, or 96. So it brings back like a fun nostalgia for me when video games had this wonder and creativity about them. And then another one for me is like the Final Fantasy games, particularly my favorite one is Final Fantasy VIII, but for everyone it's probably different. Um, That reminds me of a time when like I was a kid and I would run home from school. That was when when I met Fish and we were good friends and I, I can still almost like smell the school I went to when I play that game. Uh, and it just reminds me of like coming home and like or going to the store and buying a, a game that had four discs in it. I'm like, holy shit, this game has. So it's like it brings me back to like an entire state of like video game industry, which for me just gets me really like it gets me really excited and, and like reminds me how much like wonder they used to fill me with. Um, if that makes sense. But those are two big ones uh, for me. Uh, what about you, Shay? Um, besides some of the obvious, like, I don't want to talk about Shining Force anymore. I've talked about that (laughs) game to death. Um, really, some of the ones that 
evoke a lot of nostalgia for me are the Final Fantasies I've played, 7, 8, and 10, especially when I pop on one of the soundtracks on my iPod. And I just immediately want to stop whatever I'm doing and go home and play those games, like any one of them, because they're all phenomenal games in their own right. And it, just that music makes me want to go home and play. Um, Some others, like most of the PS1 era stuff really... Like, like, like we said, Crash Bandicoot, Saga Frontier. I know you guys didn't like that game. Maybe it is just a nostalgia thing for me. But when I hear that music, man, I really want to play it. And I think one of the other really, really big ones is the first Fantasy Star for the Sega Master System. Was just mm-hmm. one of those games that really I think about off and on a lot. Um, there are a ton of games, but those are just the ones that come to the top of my mind. Just a lot mm-hmm. of RPGs. I noticed you said music on a lot of them, which is interesting. Like you, the music was the sort of the uh, the bell ringer there, where you're like, "Oh, I, I hear this song, and I want to go back to the game." Yeah, absolutely. It's it's always that for me, man. Like I'll be sitting there one day, like at work or. Um, walking down the street or rubbing one out, and I just hop on YouTube and <laughs> um. You need music I want to rub to one out. Just this is the chocobo music. <laughs> oh god! <laughs> <laughs> and at the, and at the end, when I uh, complete the battle music, da 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 da. da. <laughs> oh, you asked for that one, but um. <laughs> Uh, i was not talking about destiny 2 at all but no like in all seriousness i'll be walking and i'll just hear that and i'll put it on youtube like i'll go to youtube listen to one of the songs from the game and i'm like fuck i really need to go back and play this game again and not only does that harken back to the nostalgia but i think one of the reasons why we do that as as, as humans is because a, we're trying to recapture that initial feeling, but B, we want to discover something new that we never noticed before. So, like when, like we reread the same books, rewatch the same movies, re-listen to the same CDs, you catch capture something new every single time you listen to something. Mm-hmm. You 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 hear a note that you never heard before. You read a line that wasn't as poignant as it is now. You watch a a scene from a game or you play through a segment and you learn something about yourself or that world that you didn't know before. And that's why we keep replaying those games. And that's why I keep replaying those games because, and besides the nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. What about you fish? What are some games that you go to for nostalgia? Um, like for nostalgia for me, um, the things that really stick out to me that really bring me back to those times is like the games that were really fun to play and um are are still fun to me to this day and like i i could see some of those gameplay mechanics used in other games because other developers uh see and kind of admire it and uh, not necessarily want to copy it but um move it into their Try and try and take its mechanics and incorporate it into their vision of a game. Um, games like um, Metal Gear Solid, um, 
like every time I think about that game, like I think about um, how fun the boss fights were in that game. And they always stuck out to me as being very unique. And um, now we have games that uh, uh, incorporate boss fights that are intricate and uh, almost off the wall at times. And a lot of times when I see that, uh, I think of Metal Gear Solid back in mm-hmm. the day and gets me really really jonesing for Metal Gear Solid at that point. Um, the sniper wolf helped you realize you were going through puberty? <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> she did. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, uh, and going through, like, you know, those uh, battles uh, and co- going to school and talking to you about it, Morgan, like, like that 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 just brings back like these great feelings of just being so excited over you know one boss battle and then we just discuss it and talk about it in depth um like a lot of that nostalgia um recreate the uh, revolver ocelot battle in the in the <laughs> out in the <laughs> out behind the trailer <laughs> yep who's losing their hand this time yeah I think I was the one that was normally tied up, and then it, we just things got out of control. But um, it was good times. Um, <laughs> but interesting. What about you, Ryan? What were some of the games you thought of when you when you or when you go for nostalgia? You're looking for that. Oh man, um, there's a lot. It's kind of hard to choose from a few. Um, we grew up in this town that had a like video game pawn shop, and the guy. It was actually a coin dealership, but he would let you trade games for a buck. Mm-hmm. And my mom owned a flower street or a flower shop, like, you know, a street down. So I was just, you know, I'd trade a game, didn't like it, take it back and keep going. But um, one of the first games that pop in my mind is Yoshi's Story on the Super Nintendo. Or no, Yoshi's Island. Okay. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. And uh, I mean, just the music and everything on there, just how it kind of you know, blew my mind when I was a kid. I was like, what? There's more stories than Mario? <laughs> you know, there's, this is a different perspective. And um, just, just yeah, the and way that's that, that game... That was one that was a little underappreciated. That was the sequel to Super Mario World. That um, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think that's one of the coolest Mario games of all time. And just um, the music and the mechanics it introduced that were new, you know, like shooting the watermelons and you know, shooting the monkeys in the face and everything. And, uh, I mean, that so many game games just, stole you know, the watermelon throw. It was, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, me, me and my best friend, uh, we would just sit, sit in his room. Oh, that's and a good play one. That Is that like a, we always joke about like hours. comfort food on the podcast. Oh, exactly. Exactly. And then, uh, probably my biggest one is Pokemon red for the game boy. Um, just, you know, I used to collect weird things when I was a kid, bottle caps and baseball cards and stuff like that, Hot Wheels. And, you know, to finally have something video game related and have it on the go was like magical. And, mm. uh, you know, the the just the whole feeling that everybody had during that time. I mean, we would all bring our Game Boys to school, our link cables. You know, everyone on the playground, weren't even, they weren't even playing anymore. The swings were, were just empty. Everyone's sitting on the, you know, the blacktop and we're all just playing Pokemon. And yep. it was just uh, <laughs> a, cra- <laughs> a crazy feeling watching the whole, the whole, you know, mania happen surrounding that game and the, you know, the anime at the time. And it was just, oh man, like I, I can still remember like just where I was. And like you said, like the smells of the school and. 
how you know how the couch felt against my back when I would get home from school and yeah you know watching the sunset on my roof while I'm playing Pokemon behind the chimney it was remember all know, that stuff. It, yeah there was nothing like that and um, if you play Pokemon now does it still evoke a little of that feeling do you still no, get the nostalgia or no not at all um, I get nostalgic for the first generation um, I'm pretty much like a you know, generation one and two purists. Um, anything after that, I was kind of getting a little too old for and hmm. started gravitating towards other genres and stuff. But I mean, you know, the original Pokemon always like just any of them just instantly strike like a, you know, a chord in my heart and stuff. And, you know, anything Pokemon related, Pokemon Snap or, you know, Hey, you Pikachu or anything like that, just you know, always gets me. I have to buy it on any platform it comes out on just to play it, you know? Yeah. But. Yeah. I'm with you on that one, actually. 100%. Um, <laughs> yeah. What about you, Josh? Um, when you think of this? Um, yeah, I mean, I have several. I mean, some of the ones... I, I kind of get it the other way around. I mean, kind of kind of like Shay was saying, where music will make you think of a game, but mine doesn't even have to be game music. Like, a lot of times I'll hear music that I listen to around the same time I played a game, and I'll have to go play it. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. Just yes. because it brings back memories of that. Yeah. Um, I mean, and and vice versa. Like, I'll play a game, and it'll make me just think about where I was. But, um, <laughs> I mean, specifically, though, um, around the N64 times... Um, I was living in the garage, so I'd have my own room to myself, mm-hmm. um, just because we didn't have enough rooms for all the kids. So I decided to move into the garage instead of sharing a room. And so basically, any of the games I played for the N sixty four, like uh, you know, like Zelda or Goldeneye, or uh, just any of those, every time I play those, I can't help but smell motor oil and gasoline. <laughs> um, just just all the stuff from being out there in that garage because um, yeah. mm. yeah, that's that's where i played them out there um so it's, yeah those yeah it always <laughs> it always just kind of brings that scent back to my mind that's crazy um, so you you actually lived in your garage for a while huh that's crazy mm-hmm, for a year or two sounds kind of cozy in a weird way except for the fact that there's yeah. still lawn equipment mm-hmm. in there apparently <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> Well, you could, you know, you could hide your drugs under the uh, weed whacker or something. You know what I mean? Lots of hiding spaces for, well. Wouldn't that be a little too obvious? Oh, the weed whacker. All right, I got gotcha. you. Good one. That just, they it seems. Up, they're like, yep. why is there grass behind the weed whacker? It's <laughs> supposed to cut grass. Your dad huh? goes there. <laughs> <laughs> it's this bag of grass doing here. No. What, kind of, what kind of grass <laughs> is this? <laughs> that's, I know, I I know, that's the worst place to store your grass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't remember chopping that's, this. <laughs> I, that's funny you mention that, Josh, because I always have like the strangest nightmares of when Tomb Raider 3 was out. Uh, my sister used to listen to a lot of Chumbawamba back when that was a thing in America. Oh, I Jesus get knocked Christ. down, but I get up again. Every time I hear that song, I'm like, fuck, it's happening. I, <laughs> I can see it all. So. Man, I used to listen to Ludacris's word of mouth album while playing grand theft auto 3 so 
move, oh, bitch. Gangster. Consisted of me driving <laughs> through the streets of Grand Theft Auto, just running over people and running into. <laughs> That's that's such I don't a know douche why, move. But... You're playing GTA and listening to Ludacris. What the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> Man, I was a, I was a weird kid. I can tell you what. Um, yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah, nostalgia is an interesting thing. I mean, uh, on a closing note, we could segue to some Destiny talk. I would just say I one of the most interesting things that I've noticed with nostalgia is when you play a remaster, like the Crash Bandicoot one, it fucks with your head because. It's yeah. partly nostalgia because it's exactly like the games you remember from a design, right? But they've added this whole new coat of paint to it with this new visual style, so it doesn't really evoke the same exact feelings. It's this strange hybrid of like, it, I, I wrote on one of our Instagram articles a long time ago that it reminds me of like going to a house I grew up in as a kid, but like somebody else has like lived there and like repainted everything, new coats of paint, and it looks all nice and new, and I'm like... You know, I can tell I'm in the same house, but it's off. Yeah. It's just different. Yeah. And and I don't know, for me, if that sort of nostalgia, it seems to be a case-by-case basis. For Crash Bandicoot, it was, all, it was okay. If they did that with Tomb Raider, would I like it? Would I hate it? I don't know. We're in this weird middle ground where these remasters are fucking with our nostalgia, and it's just interesting to think about. Yeah, they yeah. do change your That's a really good point. Specific ways. Thank you, Shay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just kind of yeah, depending on depending on man. the changes they make. Depending on the changes they make, it can drastically change your memories of things. Going back and playing some of these remasters, yeah, um, yeah. Sometimes it can make your nostalgia for the thing you were nostalgic about actually kind of go away. Yeah, it's, it's like, you can, in a way, it can. Yeah, you can go back. Yeah, you can go back and play a game and be like, "Oh man, this game wasn't as cool as I thought it was. This game's trash." <laughs> and then. You know, and, and then your your whole magical fuzzy feeling you get is kind of gone. You know, mm-hmm. and it's a it's, it's definitely a, a powerful emotion that can you know bring about good or bad within you, and just it all yeah. depends on you know what you're nostalgic for. Yeah, a lot of games don't hold up as well without all the Totinos. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. You know, I think that's why it's interesting why a lot of developers like the Final Fantasy VII remake, they're basically moving that into a completely different thing because they know that if they try to do the exact game they made before, the half the people mm-hmm. that play it are going to be like, fuck this. You know what I mean? So they're like, yeah. well, instead of trying to do that, let's just do something weird and different, but make it basically based on the same story and characters. And that's a weird thing because they're basically like appealing to people who love Seven but basically making a different version of that. It's weird. We're in this whole weird gray area, and I don't want to get too tangential, but um, that's just the way it goes, you know? Yeah. We could spiral yeah. off for nostalgia for hours and hours, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, yes. Um, so, good topic, but, alas, we have some video games to talk about. Um, First and foremost, there's a lot of people that are probably going to be tuning in to this podcast to hear us talk some Destiny 2. All right. It has finally arrived. Fish is overjoyed. <laughs> and Oh, uh, yeah. Mm. <laughs> uh, this, is a, this is a tough one even to start with. Um, okay, so Destiny was one of the biggest games ever, but it was extremely controversial, obviously, because... Um, Obviously, there are elements of that game that 
Bungie has admitted that were rushed or had issues with, like the storyline, and yet Bun um, Destiny still became a phenomenon. It still became one of the biggest games ever, one of the most addicting games ever. I still have family members that play Destiny 1 up until last week. It was just that kind of game. It became something larger than life. Um, so Destiny 2 releases, and it looks to be one of the biggest games ever. But we didn't know a lot what to expect. You know, the beta gave us a little taste of the first mission, but didn't show us a lot of the structure of the game or, or anything like that. Just here's the opening mission. And um, we were just curious to see what we got. So it's here. We finally, we've been digging into it for a couple days. Um, Fish, I'll give it to you because I love you. And I know you're the biggest Destiny fan in the history of the universe. Um, whoa, whoa. <laughs> biggest destiny fan that's right that's right fish is no oh, i guess okay. that's not true this is this is it's no, fish's jam though he's not that it, it big. is jam. a lot of that is just a 10 gallon hat no oh, that's that's true <laughs> that's true see josh is so good at calling back no. my jokes thank you josh <laughs> no they, i i think they uh they 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 put a lot of work into the story this time around and i mean granted they they didn't have much to top on the first game that coming around on the making a the sequel like i almost feel like they have have it easy to just focus on the story and actually make something worthwhile um to actually please their audience because their audience all their audience really knew um from vanilla destiny was this sort of chopped up weird oh not really fitting uh game that just didn't flow that well story-wise well hold on hold on fish i want to let you finish but vanilla destiny implies that there's a problem with that's the kanye west thing i'm sorry that's it's implying that there's a problem with vanilla vanilla is a great flavor and i don't like this whole negative stereotype about vanilla personally uh, oh i'm sorry it's okay day, day one day one release destiny is that better for you destiny i know everyone says that vanilla destiny thing it just drives me crazy Ugh. yeah but it's true it's it's a it's a fair label but it's like what's so wrong with vanilla you're making is vanilla boring it's like no i, I, did, I didn't i didn't say that Vanilla's not bad but it's no neapolitan you know oh okay ryan has, been, <laughs> ryan has been removed from the podcast <laughs> oh no is that the way it makes now pink? on the list is that where they mix like what? the pink and the chocolate? In Calm the down, Chris Jericho. Yeah, the strawberry, chocolate, <laughs> and uh, and vanilla. You just wow. swirl it all together in a bowl and make one monstrous flavor, and ooh, it's good. Yeah, I got <laughs> nothing against Neapolitan. Like right. strawberries yeah, and chocolate. Mm. Yeah, those are better than vanilla. <laughs> <laughs> well, to each their own. To no. each their own. I enjoy a good <laughs> vanilla bean ice cream. Actually, I feel bad now. I'm just ripping you for your Neapolitan love. Um, it's not the chocolate that gets me it's that pink shit they put in there man that's what gets me the pink shit strawberry <laughs> strawberry is delicious there's nothing wrong with strawberry there's something wrong with pink yeah, like because just... it's not strawberry <laughs> it's pink there's yeah that's it's own thing Neapolitan reminds Morgan me Morgan has like... always struggled with the pink oh come on that's not that's not... <laughs> it's just foreign to me <laughs> <laughs> it, it, Neapolitan reminds me of like when you eat like a bowl of Lucky Charms and the milk looks like a fucking rainbow swirl and it's like ugh, you know what I mean like I don't know that's just the way my brain interprets it I'm sorry <laughs> unless you like to drink the milk from Lucky Charms in which case power to you my friends um, 
Anyways, I'm sorry. I got way distracted. Fish, continue. Destiny, they cor they're working on correcting the story from Vanilla Destiny before Morgan went on a freak-out tangent. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm never describing a game <laughs> Vanilla again That's around right. you. That's right. Ever, ever again. <laughs> you broke it from me. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, they definitely put a lot of work into the story this time around and um, made a cohesive story so far what I've played. Like, I've... Uh, I've got up to the European dead zone and I just unlocked the Titan planet. Uh, but I thought for sure I was going to be Titan a is a moon. The... Uh, Titan's oh, a moon. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Happy out there. Get real technical. With Come me. on, fish. Uh, <laughs> I like to think I'm exploring an alien planet, but. He corrected alien me earlier for sound. I good. said the hive were dead <laughs> earlier and he was like, the hive aren't dead. Anyways, go ahead. Um. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so, I I start. I guess the European <laughs> Dead Zone is essentially like the a patrol zone for Earth. Um, and what they do in the patrol zones is mainly uh, the lost sectors. I think are very unique to this game and uh, a welcome addition to the patrols because I literally played that that area for a good three to four hours and I, uh, I maybe other people have blown through it but like three or four hours there felt like nothing to me and it was just a patrol area um and they give you like the way they set up like the missions for you um like the side missions feel like you're actually a part of the world and more into a story whereas you know in old destiny um, you just ran up to a blinking beacon and you got this weird comms from some character that you didn't know, you had no interaction with, per se. Um, mm -hmm. And it just felt very hollow. Uh, it just felt like you were just doing a fetch quest, whereas there's definitely a lot more attention to the quest this time around and um, and doing like the exploration as well. Yeah, I mean... That's a good starting point, too, like how much they've been working to change as far as the story goes. You're fanfish. You are nowhere, brother. You've got a lot of way to go. I uh, I got to the fourth yeah. planet today, Io. And um, I, have you gotten to Io yet, Ryan? No, I just uh, did the last mission on Titan, and my next stop is Nessus. Okay. I mean, it's just fucking incredible. Like, Titan in particular, like some of the environments in this game are just these massive sprawling gorgeous and like i did not expect yeah. this game to yeah. look that fucking good i did not and at all i was kind of shocked when i got to titan i was like wow like it kind of made me like get vertigo and get scared it, it did <laughs> oh yeah the first part of titan you're like in that like facility that's above those waves and there's like that storm and everything going on um, and the second part's more like Blade Runner-esque. It's like these giant, almost yeah. like Blade Runner-looking buildings with like Minority Report kind of stuff when you're looking on the walls and they're showing like, it's just, it's it's the art direction for this game is going to be definitely in the end of the year discussion for me because, you know, Destiny always had great art direction, but they have taken all that, I call it the Call of Duty money. You know, Activision has taken all that Call of Duty money and they have pumped it into the brilliant people at Bungie and this game looks so fucking I feel bad for giving fish shit when he played the beta and he was like man this game looks so good um <laughs> but it looks incredible like I can't wait for you to see the environments fish like earth is by far the most bland 
of all the environments. Um, I agree. Yeah, it is kind of like dilapidated type of area, and you don't really get to explore the um, the last city per se, um, other than that first mission. Um, and I kind of wish that they they explored more of that like those the those scenes after right after you get kicked off the tower. Oh, yeah. I, I don't want to ruin those for Josh, but like I'm so excited for Josh and maybe Sh- yeah. Shay to play those because like. Right when you get kicked off the tower, like that next hour is so fucking cool. It is. Just, it's, it's it's very different. Yeah, just the story from the get go. There's more story in that first hour than I feel like that was. That's in all of you know vanilla Destiny. I, I feel like <laughs> I, like it just it sets it up to where you want to get to the next cutscene and actually figure out what's going on. Yeah. Instead of in original Destiny, I had no clue what the hell was going on at any time. Yeah. yeah that's a good point like it like in the first hour of this game there probably is more interesting and storytelling uh, josh i'll tell you this okay and i this is a very this is not a spoiler but okay so are you okay with me saying this yeah i'm not okay with you speaking in most situations but okay <laughs> not not any more so than you know usual so. i'll take that as a a hard maybe um the moment that I knew the story was not fucking around was actually the villain is walking around this room and he gives this speech about someone he's taking captive and he looks up toward the ceiling and fucking the speaker from the first Destiny, which was the guy with the cool looking Halloween mask on, um, basically just comes like floating down out of the ceiling, hinged up like, you know, like a prisoner, like fucking Christ on a little crucifix or something. And he just comes out of the ceiling and Gaul is walking up to him and they're having this conversation. I'm like, Oh fuck man, this is, this is going to be great shit. Like it's, it's science fiction. It's not like anything deeply profound. Um, but it's, it's good. It gets the job done. The storytelling is hitting the right notes. It instantly makes you hate the, you know, the antagonist, it, it makes you just gun for him from the beginning. Oh, I like him. He's my favorite character. Oh, yeah, I, I like him too, but it makes you, it, it, they do a good job of, you know, bringing about that hate in you. You know, he's a good villain. He makes you mm-hmm. hate him. Well, I and, mean, um, go ahead, Fish. I see you yeah, about to say something. Yeah. Yeah, that's always good to like bring bring about a purpose, uh, give that sense of purpose to the player. Um, it, it makes them feel more engaged in the story. Um, and, uh, once you're engaged with the story, that's when, you know, the developer can kind of, um, lead you on by your heart at, at certain points and make those feelings feel a lot more earned and, um, thoughtful at that point. And, um, yeah, like, yeah, they're doing a great job as far as that, I think, um, from what I played. Um, one thing though, that I, kind of have against it is is that fact that scene that you're talking about morgan that as you go through this the campaign it kind of cuts back to that in like a almost sitcom type of way which is weird like it's like it, in in other news there's or uh, <laughs> meanwhile back in gold back at the the tower, a deal with airline yeah. food <laughs> That's my worst Seinfeld impression I could ever have possibly done. How many times is Josh going to shake his head that. at you this week? <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I, that's a fair point, Fish. I was actually thinking about that today because it's it's not disjointed, but the way they have to tell the story is he's sort of like the villain who's never actually around you, at least 
for the first chunk of the game, he's kind of off in his own land, you know what I mean, or his own spaceship or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I don't know if that changes, but uh, either way, yeah, that, that, that's a fair criticism, I guess. But I st- I've still really wrapped up. I love villains. I'm a, I'm a sucker for villains, and Gaul is... He's kind of like um, a chunky cabal Darth Vader. Because he's got that little Darth Vader like breathing mask, and he's just always like, I will take your light. You know what I mean? And he's just like, and yeah. The, yeah. the thing about the dialogue is it's not deeply profound, but they're using all these like sort of silly metaphors that you might have written on your high school. There was a Penny Arcade comic that said that um, all the places in Destiny were like things you write on your notebook when you were in middle school, like <laughs> the speaker and. Uh, uh, light and what is the place called? Um, the shard of the uh, God. What is that called? Where they get the light from? Um, the traveler. The it's traveler. Like, it's it all sounds cool, but it's all kind of very simplistic. So whenever they deliver the dialogue, it sounds almost cooler than it is when he's just like, "I'll take your light." And it's like you can dig for metaphors if you want, but really <sighs> he's just saying, "I want your power." You know what I mean? Um, but what I like about him, and I won't ramble too much about Gaul, is that he. As a villain so far, he's just basically an ambitious uh, person who, or cabal who thinks that the Guardians are not wor- worthy of the power that they have inherited. And he wants to basically just show them that, hey, you shouldn't, if you can't, you know, keep this from me, then I'm just going to fucking take it. Like, we think we're better than you in every possible way. Why do you get this light, you know? So... I'm curious to see. Yeah, go ahead. You, yeah, and you definitely kind of identify with him at parts like that where he's talk, where he's talking to his advisor, like yeah. he's he's trying to figure out how exactly he can harness the light without you know having to be chosen by the traveler. But um, it, it, I'm very at this point, like I'm very interested in how exactly he can coerce the traveler, you know, to give up its light and uh, bless the cabal over, you know, the citizens of earth. Um, and so, yeah, it, it's very interesting at this point as far as the story goes. And yeah, I, I'm glad that they went this direction and actually focused on a good cohesive story. And yeah. I think they, they went above the call of duty per se. On <laughs> above the exactly. call of duty. <laughs> I see what you did there. I think uh, Bungie has learned a lot of lessons from Destiny 1 and the feedback that the community gave them that the story was all over the place and not until, you know, the Taken King came around did people start to, you know, really, really, like, praise that game. I mean, there was people around from the beginning, but, I mean, the Taken King kind of gave that game a second wind. And um, I think they learned a lot from the first one. And this is the Destiny that I think they always had envisioned from the beginning and it's finally starting to play out and it's finally, mm-hmm. you know, starting to, to show its true colors and what this series can be. And it's really exciting to, um, just see all the little improvements that they've made, the quality of life improvements, as long as the story. And I mean, just little, everything yeah. that they have. Yeah. Just little, little things, things like you could they, just go straight to missions, fast traveling around exactly. the map. There's like so many small, exactly. yeah, that's a good point. The yeah, only... the loading screens are gone. Like Fish said too, like the the missions feel more like you are actually doing something mm-hmm. instead of just going up to a blinking beacon and, you know, talking to some random person. Now you actually feel like you are cemented in that world and, you know, making a difference. And it's, uh, 
it's cool in all this without loading screens you know unless you're actually flying to a new planet or something yeah. but i mean it's it's really cool that they uh that they're kind of you know finally harnessing the power that they've always wanted to for this game yeah well and and conceptually though the only i agree with you 100 percent, but i think that one thing that i think is easy to forget is that this game is i yes i agree with you i think it's easy to say that this is the game they always wanted to make but i think in reality the reason destiny 2 is so good is because they put out destiny 1 and fucked with it for two years based off fan response and then developed an entire game after getting that fan response there's almost no way to make a game this good now first shot it's just it's so difficult especially in today's age that look how long if destiny 2 is fucking incredible but if you think about the quality they of the game they put out originally and then how much they tweaked it and then made an entirely new game based off all of that two years of feedback like yeah that's a lot of information and changes and evolution that they have taken yeah exactly and i mean you know they've come a long way from destiny one and you can tell that they were really taking into account everything that the community was saying and all their grievances but then again destiny one was the an outstanding game considering that was their first mmo like you know first person shooter i mean before that they had the story down in halo and they were doing everything right but once they threw in the whole shared universe thing it was kind of hard for them i think to you know make a make a story that people could really grab onto and make everyone Mm -hmm. feel like they were part of a world it was their first you know their first shot at something like that so now that they have the experience and the you know destiny one behind them they can look at that and kind of grow and it's only going to get better from here i feel like yeah bungie's always been about their community like they always want to uh put the spotlight on their community as far as like trying to get everybody to feel like they're a part of it and um it it's rare to find like uh developer communities like this i think um i mean you can always go to a reddit board and um browse the forums on like a certain game and kind of get a community out of that but i feel like destiny is like a whole nother beast as far as consoles go um like it, there is like world of warcraft or um other online games of the such that uh do have great communities as well with them but uh the fact that destiny or bungie had you know um these people and always uh uh pounded into the heads i guess of the players that hey we're here we're listening and we're going to try and make the game that you guys want um i think they're just sticking true to the ward since they they first said that when they started you know coming out with expansions to the first game like you could just see little by little that they they were listening to the community and trying to find out what exactly they wanted out of the this game Mm -hmm. that everybody was thinking they were going to get when they originally bought it and Yeah. Yeah, it's cool to see. It it really is like I I'm just surprised. I'm gonna be honest with you. I was fully expecting to be underwhelmed by this game. And I was a big fan of Destiny. I just got burned out on it. Like I'm I'm not the kind of gamer that can play a game for two years like Fish could. I just I couldn't do it. Like I love Destiny, but that's just not my thing. But and I I was just ready to be underwhelmed and I have just been really surprised. And then on top of everything, the game the gameplay it's just 
it's just the best. Like, there's no first-person shooter that feels this good to play. Like, I I play all of them. It's just my opinion. But they none of oh, them yeah. feel this fucking good to play. Um, At all. Like, the guns are snappy. Like, you can feel the impact, you know? I mm-hmm. mean, some of the scenes where you can feel your controller vibrating with, like, a heartbeat almost is, like, just, just... I don't know. The way it plays is... Uh, there's like a good it feels weight. like you're playing a sing- yeah. yeah exactly and it feels like you're playing a single player game yeah. almost that that's how good it plays you know and it's uh it's hooking me definitely i mean i didn't really get too hooked on destiny one the first time because when it first came out i was like ah you know this is cool but it's uh it's very like, i i i kind of fell out of it and i got back into it with the taken king and my friends but they were so far ahead yeah that, like that overwhelmed yeah yeah I, I was overwhelmed and i was never gonna catch up and they were competing in trials of osiris and you know trying to get to the lighthouse and i was like man i'm over here grinding for this stupid cloak that has a leaf on it you know like, <laughs> yeah. like I, I'm, I'm never gonna catch up so it was kind of intimidating knowing that you have this daily commitment mm-hmm. to log mm-hmm. in and, and grind and you know, just I fell out of it, but this one, I mean, has me hooked. I can see myself playing this for, you know, a while. It's just they they did something different this time, and it's it's still early, so we don't really know how well the post game is going to hook all of us just yet. Um, um, yeah. But man, it is just fucking incredible. I mean, it, it's, it's 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 just it's so good. My only I don't know about you guys, but my main criticism of the games um, at this point would just be. The re- after the first couple hours, which are well done, the recycled enemies are a bit disappointing. Um, I'm, I mean, they do little things to tweak them, but I'm into all the way to the fourth planet. And my sister said I'm nowhere near beating the game, which is good news. But a lot of the enemy types, after a while, you're like, you fight a boss that looks exactly like a boss from a strike from Destiny 1, and those giant fallen are everywhere, and they're the commanders, and uh, you fight pretty much like 70% of what I fought feels like it was exactly taken from Destiny 1, just tweaked a little bit. And I think that's my main criticism so far. Is it worth it for all the environments and everything else they did well? Absolutely, but it is a little bit of a bummer that there isn't more new enemy types, you know? Um, the dog things were cool in the beginning of those, you know, those dog creatures or whatever they are. And uh, there's a, a cool variant on the Fallen I don't want to ruin for Josh. But overall, I mean, you, you guys will see this as you get deeper in there. You get a lot of that enemy deja vu. Yeah. And that's that's a little disappointing. Um, but yeah. I guess yeah. there's only so much they can do. It, there is, but yeah, I mean, they did... The way they introduced the fallen back into the world, I thought, was kind of unique to me. Like mm-hmm. uh, those first uh, few couple of hours of playing through the story, like y- you see something like cloaked uh, running about, and you're like, "Oh, what the heck's that? Is that a new enemy?" And then you realize, "Oh shit, that's it's the fallen, and it's one of those uh, the cloaked ones." I like how I just said, "I don't want to ruin here. it for Josh," and then Fish just straight up ruined it. <laughs> Uh, that's okay it's not a video it's 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 really just more of like i haven't played destiny in a while i guess it's been maybe it's been a whole week uh, since you played destiny i mean (laughs) (coughs) no i'm I'm talking about the original destiny i know me uh, too (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) okay 
Uh, man, I lost my. <laughs> I think you. Like- I really like the game so far, though. Like, yeah, I'm digging it. Um, you just need to get farther, the, man. How am I farther than you? How the fuck am I? Fish is the destiny. I, I work. I work a freaking nine to six jo- hour job that I have to commit to every day and I come home tired as fuck. My sister took off vacation uh, time for Destiny 2. <laughs> come on, man. I'm, a, I'm out of vacation time. Like, What'd you use it on? Point, what did you use your fucking vacation time on? I used it to come visit you. Oh, okay, that's uh, fair. <laughs> Now I feel like an asshole. <laughs> yeah, you should. You should. Sure, it was um, all. But yeah, it's pretty great, though. I mean, wow! Excited for Josh to play it. It sucks that Josh won't play it because he's waiting to play it on PC. Um, and what sense does that suck? I. We can't talk about it yet. We have to ex- contain all of our excitement. You're afraid of ruining the story. I guess there's a story to ruin this time. So yeah, that's... there is a story to ruin this time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a good one. It's great. And the music is fucking incredible, too. If you have a chance to play with headphones, the music is great, too. Um, anyways, we'll, I'm sure we'll talk more about it next week so we don't have to go on for Destiny 2 forever. You know, I'm sure we could talk about it. Um, but, wow. I mean, I'm glad you got to be here, Ryan, to talk about it. I know you've been playing a lot of it lately. So um, it, is, it is something really special. Definitely. Uh, yeah, it's awesome. Um, let's see here. So I was going to see if there was... I'm not going to give shit. I was going to give uh, Fish a bunch of shit for playing the Crucible. All the, Me and Fish were arguing about the Crucible the other day, but I don't really know if that's an interesting topic for the podcast. Oh, I, I love the Crucible now. Uh, instead of six people, four people, it, it makes it a lot more tactical and forces you to actually play as a group instead of you know, just running around by yourself just trying to... Uh, go gun ho um yeah th- th- i think they def- definitely did a good job of tweaking the combat in uh or the the pvp in this game like it feels i wouldn't say worlds better because it still feels like the same old stuff um and you're kind of playing along with the metas of the different guns and trying to suss out which is the best gun for you as far as play style goes mm. but um yeah. i'm enjoying it a lot more like, do you do any of the uh, uh multiplayer ryan yeah i did um i actually think it's better it's more tactical like fish was saying it's uh you can actually see guardians starting to creep around corners now instead of just running guns blazing you know th- throwing respawns out like crazy and uh I mean, it feels definitely like you have to be more cautious and actually skill-based. And another reason why I like it is because um, now I finally get to run with my friend's clan. They, they're real big in trials, and uh, before it was only three slots open, so I couldn't, I couldn't get in. It was just him and his two buddies, and uh, now that there's a fourth slot, I mean, I'm kind of happy that I can jump in there with them, and it feels like that's going to give me more longevity with this game. Yeah. Wait, so your friends made you the fourth wheel? That's not very nice. Yeah, well, I mean, the, the, like I said on the first one, it was so hard for me to catch up, and they were already, you know, I mean... They had their own squad. Raid ready. <laughs> yeah, they had their own squad. They've had their squad since, you know, the old school days, and uh, they they had the way things ran, and I if I would have jumped in there with them, it would have just hindered their, their progress. They would have never hit the lighthouse, probably. So... Yeah. 
I have a long way to come in terms of the Crucible, but I've been jumping in here and there. I've been playing some competitive today before the podcast, and it was a... it's kind of daunting. You yeah, know? I, <laughs> but, that's the issue I have with it is that I feel like unless you play it all the time, you can't. I can't have fun with it because I'm just never going to be as good as those people that play. Like we had uh, one of our guests a couple weeks ago, Firekeeper. Um, I feel I want to go back and listen to that Destiny show. She basically just plays the multiplayer. And I was talking to her the other day and she was, <laughs> I was giving her shit because she's like, yeah, I just skipped the cutscenes. I'm just here to grind everything out so I can get to that multiplayer. And I'm like, what? Why would you? Like, this is like <laughs> offensive to me almost. But that's all she cares about is the multiplayer. So like, all the multiplayer people are so fucking good that I don't have fun because I just get my ass kicked. You know what I mean? So it's it's daunting. Yeah. It's overwhelming. But I mean, that's not that's nothing against the game. That's pretty much the issue with I think almost any multiplayer game. Like if Josh loves Overwatch, and I bet if I went to try and like, hey Josh, I got Overwatch. Let's play together. I would just annoy him. He would be <laughs> he would be disgusted yeah. by my my abilities. You know. So, what what are your guys' opinion on this whole shader thing that that's uh happening with Destiny 2? I don't um, know if you guys have heard, I've heard about a, that. I saw a little bit on it. There was a controversy about like is it the quality of the shaders not being like diverse enough or no, it, it it's no, it's kind of the, like the big thing against it from the player base yeah. is the the shaders are one-time use instead of you know um, oh acquiring weird. the shader oh that's weird so you can't just like it is if you change colors that's like a commitment that shader has gone yeah or yeah, yeah if huh. you yeah you lose your shader essentially and um how do you me, get them now though uh, still... I don't know. I've, I'm not too far in, but I did notice that my armor already came with shaders. Like, um, I got some shaders that were, um, I guess, tied to the patrol mission that I was doing and the rewards that I was getting from there. Um, they already had the shader on it. And uh, out of curiosity, like, I clicked off the shader and the shader just disappears and like it was it reverted to a different color for or well, th- to the original color of the armor that was oh, wow. I was reading about it and the fucked up thing is that they're charging real money to buy you can buy things with real money so people are accusing yeah. them of like some sort of corporate greed because you're able to obtain I guess the shaders through means of actually spending money yeah, but what it is, it's like a loot box type of thing. You can't actually purchase a certain color shader yeah. that you like. You don't know what's in the loot so, box. So say if you Yeah, say if you wanna, you know, deck your guardian out in full black or purple or whatever and you get something that's lime green, you're kinda screwed and it's only um per armor, so you know, you can only apply that to like your your helmet or your your chest piece or something like that. And then oh, this game is all about loot. Yeah, like that's what I've heard, and you know, it just strikes me as an odd choice on that their is, end because yeah, yeah, it, it's it's so annoying because this game is so much about loot, and I mean, and I'm switching my yeah. my chess piece and stuff right now, probably about once an hour. So if I purchase something and I'm like, oh, cool, you know, I got this nice exotic, and I decked it out in black. Oh, I found something that's way better, and it's gonna make me way more equipped for you know, PvP or even a PvE, I have to choose to, you know, change it to make my skill level better or to keep, you know, my old 
cruddy stuff just because I sunk money into it. And it's just kind of odd. Yeah, it's it's too bad because even though it's kind of dumb, it's people responding this way out of control. Like I went to Metacritic and and like the user score is a 6.1. And that's ridiculous. And it's probably just a bunch of people revolting like they do on Steam when there's something that pisses them off and they just go, you know, drop a bunch of bad reviews. It's like literally there's no way in hell that this game should have a 6.1 from real human beings. That's that's fucking yeah. insane. Um so I don't know. There seems to be a lot of backlash, but I get it. It's kind of stupid, but it's like, it's still just a shader people. I mean, come on. <laughs> if you're getting that upset about a shader. It's like, yeah. put your life into perspective here. Yeah. And, and to kind of, uh, bring light to what you actually pay for. Um, I did visit the Eververse, which is the in-game area where you actually, um, spend silver, which you pay money to actually get the silver points. Um, you just buy these uh, Ingrams, essentially. They're called Bright Ingrams, I believe. And um, you can still get Bright Ingrams in the game. So I think it's more of a oh, way okay. for for people to uh, just uh, have more chances at getting certain pieces of loot um, as opposed to just grinding it out. So mm-hmm. um, to me, it, it sits fine, but uh, I do miss the fact that I could just go through the wheelhouse of all my shaders and see what looks good on the current armor that I'm wearing. Can you actually like, get weapons? Is, Can you get weapons? Yeah, is, that's, is there a way to see what something looks like without using the item? Like a preview? Or Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you, you could preview the shaders. All right. Um, yeah. Oh, cool. Because that just, would make a big difference, whether or not you had to... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but if you get one shader... Um, and you want to use it on like your chest piece, like you're going to try and get the whole set of shaders and you're going to be, it's essentially more of a grind for you, which I'm fine with like playing this game. The gameplay is so great. Uh, I like it so much that uh, I don't mind that eventually I'll get all the shaders I want, or I may find another shader that uh, tickles my fancy, but um, yeah, you you get all sorts of different things from those Ingrams from what I understand. Um, but, I think yeah. I'm fine with it if you have enough inventory space to just stockpile shaders. If you mm-hmm. can stockpile every one you get, I think I'm fine with it. If inventory well, space is kind of an issue like it was in the first game, then no, fuck this straight to hell. One cool thing is that the so, Ingrams get their uh, Ingrams get their own inventory space now. They don't actually go into the the spots where you hold your guns, which is nice. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like the purple or exotic yeah. Ingram. So but I'm like, I think you can carry like ten of them at a time. But I mean, I think that's more than enough because you won't be getting that many um, purple Ingrams or exotic Ingrams before you uh, want to turn them in and see what you got. Yeah, they seem to be doing the loot a little different because I'm already level eight and I've been playing for a long time and I haven't got a single Ingram yet that's I could deco- decrypt. I've gotten a lot of random drops, but they've all been, like, it, you immediately know what it is. It's not something you can decrypt yet. Um, yeah. So. I just got my first today. It was something you could take to? I could decrypt. Really? Damn. Yeah. What, what level are you? I just got it on Titan. I'm level 11. Oh, okay. Maybe it's above level 10 you start getting them then. 
See, that's the weird thing. You and yeah. Fish are doing more side quests and, and Crucible and stuff, so you're more leveled up, and the campaign will probably be easier for you guys. One thing I've noticed is that I haven't done any side quests at all, and the campaign has been, like, really fucking tough in a good way. Like, I've died a lot, and I've had a lot of fun with it, but the problem is that I think people are going to split off and do all these side quests and stuff, and then when they go do the campaign, yeah. it's going to be much easier. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. kind of having that problem. I'm just breezing through the campaign and, you know, I'll see a boss come out or something and just, just wreck it, you know? And yeah. uh, it's I, I feel like I'm over... Because it'll say recommended level, you know, 60 or whatever for power level, and I'm like 130. Jesus Christ. So. You see, that's... It's not <laughs> breaking the game. It's just like, if anyone gets a chance and they're playing this, I recommend if you start another character because I've only played the story and no side content at all. It's fucking, it's perfect. It feels incredible. Um, but unfortunately, most people aren't going to notice that because Bungie's given them this world, they're going to want to explore it. It's not Fish's fault that he's doing all these side quests, right? Um, this just sucks that there's not a harder difficulty you could switch it to to make it more challenging. I think there will be. I mean, once the yeah. nightfalls start dropping and everything like that, you'll go back and start getting your ass handed to you, you know? Plus, I heard it ramps depending on how many people you have in your fire team. So if you go in there solo, there's not as many enemies as there would be if you went in there with you know two or three people. All right, well, I think that's pretty good on Destiny Talk, at least for for um, this week. And uh, we'll be checking up on it, I'm sure, again next week a little bit. And then, you know, if Josh and Shay give it a shot down the road, we'll love to open up that... Uh, that conversation again you know shay has never that's one of the running jokes we have in the podcast ryan is that shay has never played um destiny uh, he watched it a little bit and decided it wasn't for him and we've been trying to pressure him into trying destiny too because it's so good so um his dad's gonna mail him his playstation from america here this week and we're hoping that Ooh. he gives uh destiny to a shot so nice yeah i i, I think um i mean he'll take it you know I briefly it tried book. it. I just wasn't a fan, man. It wasn't just it yeah. wasn't my my pace. It wasn't my thing. Maybe you're but at a different place I'll in give your it life. Another try. It's true. Maybe I'm more mature. <laughs> <laughs> We're just different, never more or less. You're just different people. It's um, true. But yeah, it's pretty incredible and uh looking forward to playing a lot more of it. Um that's for sure. So uh, anyways, as far as we quick segue here to um, a lighter topic before we get to our final two topics of the show, um, we always do a quick biology section on the show, mostly for Shay because he actually has a degree in biology. I'm sure you're used to these weird biology topics as well, Ryan. Uh, yeah, I, I actually really like them. The show it's quite interesting. Uh, and this one's the whole fire, I think. I, I know it's awesome. crazy, right? <laughs> Yeah, I showed it to people at work and started talking to them. They're all, they don't believe me and they looked it up and yeah, man, fucking it's, Death Island of Fire Ants, what's going on? <laughs> it's real, people. It is real. <laughs> um, <laughs> this one uh, has just caught my attention uh, and something I like to talk, me and Shay talk about this sometimes because it was an article entitled The Sci-Fi Nightmares Play Out Beneath the Flowers. And I thought that was an interesting correlation because we were playing a sci-fi game. Um and I try to make it a, you know, anyways, the basic article was about a specific kind of um, wasp that would lay its larvae um, inside of a, a living creature 
and then they would eat that creature from the inside out after they hatch and that was sort of part of their um <laughs> sorry shay's distracting on the webcam shay god damn it what are you <laughs> what are you doing there i was i'm i'm oh no he's playing the skyrim card game god damn it shay see this is what we have to deal with <laughs> Ryan's got a Skyrim shirt on. Um, so that's, that's I can't help it. You, you can help it. Anyways, that's okay. That's fine. Shay's a multitasker. It's a drug. It's, it's a drug. Um, all, all phone games are. All phone games are the drug? They are. Anyways, I'm sorry. Um, I distracted myself. <laughs> but anyways, it was a pretty cool article from The Guardian. They were talking about this wasp that basically lays its eggs inside of a living creature and then you know they hatch and that's it, there's also it's if you ever played fallout ryan there's a creature called a tarantula hawk wasp um and basically yeah. basically what it does and it was well in fallout it's called a um shay knows this but he's too busy playing the skyrim card game Cazador. Cazador. Yeah, and uh, but it, what it's based off in real life is a, a a wasp that will go after a tarantula, which is cool in its own right. And the fact that most people are terrified of tarantulas, and it will paralyze the tarantula and then lay its eggs inside of the living creature, and then those um, eggs will hatch, and they have to feed off that paralyzed tarantula as they grow and escape. And the most Horrific part about the article I'm reading here at The Guardian and that also, uh, this tarantula hawk wasp, is that the animal is alive and paralyzed as these little creatures eat their way out of it and grow. Um, there was another one. There was, this wa- there was this wasp that lays its eggs in this caterpillar. Uh, and basically, when the eggs hatch, they take control of the caterpillar. So it's like mind control. And I'm going to have these articles up on Instagram next week. And basically... Once the eggs start hatching, in this case, the caterpillar actually loses control of its body. It's full mind control from the eggs as they grow. And they basically, keep because they take control of the caterpillar while they're growing on it, it's a, it keeps them alive longer because um, it helps them survive their chances of you know survival because they're attached to this large caterpillar. Um, and that's a pretty fucked up thing. But there's a lot of wasps out there that basically do this this horrible thing where they lay their eggs inside of living creatures and either eat them alive while they're paralyzed or take over their mind while they grow. It's just, it's fucking morbid. And I don't know. Do you guys have any thoughts on this? I'm beginning to understand your intimacy issues. (laughs) (laughs) They're all summed up in the tarantula hawk wasp. No thoughts. Well, I mean, it's, can you imagine, like, if we lived in a world, like, the scariest thing is if there were creatures this size, like, he, like larger. Like, what if the wasp wasn't, you know, big enough to take down a tarantula? What if it was the size of a football or uh, a basketball or uh, a human being? Like, can you imagine how terrifying that would be? Like, they would paralyze you and creatures would be eating you out from the inside. I wish, I wish creatures would eat each other out. <laughs> Come on, Josh. You got the third head shake. The third head <laughs> shake. That, that wasn't head shake worthy. God damn it. Um, I think it's fascinating. I mean, it's it's the way that the wasp can ensure its 
you know, its offspring are going to survive, you know, give it that much more of an edge in life. I mean, right when it's, it hatches, it's just feasting on the body of another animal and just instantly, you know, getting nutrients and nourishment. And, uh, I think it's a, you know, the animal kingdom, it's a good tactic, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. I'm curious, like, uh, how they actually develop that skill to know to keep their hosts semi alive, but paralyzed to where they won't kill the eggs inside of them, you know? Um, yeah. It's fascinating. Evolution. That, yeah, evolution just takes place, and eventually these wasps know that their sting will just paralyze these uh, creatures, and then they lay their eggs up inside of it to keep that creature, the host, alive so that when the larvae are big enough to start feasting mm. on it, its meat is still good and not, you know, decaying and everything. Like, it's very It makes you wonder, did they, like, experiment with a couple other kinds of bugs? Like, you know what? Our eggs didn't make it out while this thing was alive long enough, so we need something a little bigger. What about that caterpillar over there? It looks like it might be able to stay alive long enough for us to eat our way out of it, you know? Like, was it a trial by error kind of thing? It just makes you wonder, like, how they know. It's definitely a trial by error thing you learn, like, with the Animal Kingdom. Uh, it's, you know, how much poison do we inject into this thing? How much... Um, to, to to basically test to see how long they stay alive or not. It's it's a it's a basic trial by error thing. Like like humans, you gotta you gotta figure out what works best, and then once you figure that out, you do that, and over time, you evolve, and that becomes the norm for you. And you evolve because of what's in your surroundings, obviously, and what's available to you, and what you're competing with. So. It's it's a really interesting thing. It's <clears throat> excuse me. It's something that um, I I like. I also I've also liked reading about like the zombie ants. If you guys have never read about those, it's something you can definitely read into. Yeah. Um. It, yeah. Tarantula hawks are very fascinating creatures. They're uh, there's actually I I'm actually gonna give one random shout out. Uh, I, I like to watch Brave Wilderness on YouTube. It's a YouTube channel. It's yeah, very, uh, there you go. It's a very good, nuts. Uh, inf- informative uh, show. It's, it's basically Crocodile Hunter in clickbait YouTube form. Yeah. But it, it 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 they do they did this series where he got stung or bit by a bunch of insects, and the tarantula hawk was one of them. And man, that just Ooh, that I couldn't even back. imagine. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but yeah. man, it's just weird that you picked that one. I sent you like four art, or I talked about four articles yesterday in the biology world, and you picked you picked that one. Man, there's some cutting edge shit going on right now, and you picked nope. the tarantula hawk. I'm not about the cutting edge shit. I'm about the the wasps that lay their eggs inside of living creatures. Uh, more not necessarily about what's cutting edge, but more about like just what's like weird <laughs> or morbid or interesting, I guess. Um, to a layman like myself, <laughs> that's that's just the way I look at it. Like to someone like that's, myself, that's you, that's that's it. That's it. at the end of the day, you picked what was interesting to you. Mm-hmm. That's the perk of all. Man, <laughs> that's the perk of all the prep work I do. Speaking of which, um, perk of being a host. Uh, I was gonna say I was stalling because my phone was freezing up. That's why I jumped to the. Um, 
topic about the tarantula hawk wasp, but the actual, um, and I'll mispronounce it, but the actual article here was actually from Wired about the caterpillar one. And uh, this is real brief, so I'll just read it real fast. Because I wanted to, I like to give little, a little specifics, but the problem was I, my phone froze up and I was just like kind of rambling. But it says, um, few parasitoids are more bizarre or disturbing than the wasps of the genus Glyptoponotelis, whose females inject their eggs into living caterpillars. Nailed it. Thank you. Actually, that, was, that was actually pretty good. <laughs> it, was, it was actually pretty good, I promise. Um, who inject their eggs into living caterpillars. There the larvae mature, feeding on the caterpillar's fluids before gnawing through its skin and mass and emerging into the light of day. Despite the trauma, not only does the caterpillar survive, initially at least, but the larva mind control it, turning their host into a bodyguard that protects them as they spin their cocoons and finish maturing. The caterpillar eventually starves to death, but only after the tiny wasps emerge from their cocoons and fly away. You know what that reminds me of is Limbo, when you, the little thing goes, yeah, and then you got to walk right. around on Limbo. Oh yeah, yeah. It reminds me of, yeah. But man, why didn't you pick the article about the UCLA scientists doing that experiment on the fruit flies? That's All right, so and cool. moving on to the next topic, um, we have. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You, Come on, man. I just, you know, I, it's just one of the perks. I just, honestly, this whole section just came out of me grabbing random things that I thought looking interesting and people started enjoying them. So I've just been running with it. Not, I don't think my articles are any better or worse than yours. Just um, uh-huh. appealing. It's fascinating what unravels the haunted nature of our minds. Um, but yes, I mean, there's a million articles we could grab for sure. I just thought that one sounded kind of cool. Uh, it's also not new either. I go back and find older stuff. It's definitely not cutting edge, that's for sure. Then let me tell you about but, this one real quick. Ten seconds. Okay. I'm going to debut an actual article. Let me debut an actual article. So some scientists at UCLA, they did this test on fruit flies where they broke up the elongated, older, damaged mitochondria inside of their cells which contributes to aging diseases such as Alzheimer's and Parkinson's. And when they did this, it elongated the lives of the fruit flies by two weeks. And those creatures live for two months. Now, they think they can do that with humans. So they're doing these preliminary tests because they think they can expand the lives of humans by using the same method. And that would essentially eradicate some of these things such as cancer, Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, all these diseases that contribute to quicker death. That's actually really cool. Can and, they can they actually um, grow the flies inside of the human's body, and then maybe those flies at some point could hatch um, after eating the inside of the human's flesh? Is that a possibility? <laughs> well, I, you know, but the the thing is, first off, yes, they can grow the fruit flies inside of a human. Second, fruit flies. Don't eat flesh. They're aptly named fruit flies. So they eat. So you better watch out, Morgan. (laughs) 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 You know, when you find an article entitled Flesh Flies, you let me know. Okay. You're the prettiest strawberry, Morgan. I got a real question for you, Shay. Like, Mm. uh, so essentially, 
they're taking out the the age cells in a person if they want to cure them of a certain disease or something or so i'm not quite what happens over what happens over hmm okay so what happens over time is do you remember what mitochondria are in your cell yeah, it's a. It's essentially kind of like the metabolism of a cell. It's able to break down energy, and it, it's it's it's, it's, own... it's the creator of energy. So you're right? getting ATP okay. from your mitochondria. That's what fuels all your cells in your body. And over time, like anything, it gets old. It gets damaged, and they get longer, which cause these kind of blockages that these scientists are thinking, which is contributing to all these diseases. So what they're, go- what they're going in and doing is actually breaking these down and it's stopping these blockages, essentially allowing these fruit flies to live longer, not have these diseases, not get older as quickly as they have been which is extending the life. Mm-hmm. Just imagine this fish. There's a scientist wow. in the laboratory. He's got a magical laser. And they have a fruit fly on a little dish. They zap it. All of a sudden, human beings are living to be 130 and 40. That's it. Boom. Oh, okay. I, I guess. Broke it down. There we go. Somehow yeah. the fruit fly turns into a human, but we got it. <laughs> no, humans are then going... Apparently the scientist is also a wizard. Well, you're implying that because they could, <laughs> yeah. But um, I no, I, I get what you're saying. I'm just fucking. Yeah, I know. So. Um, also, uh, segue there. Um, to we got a really good question from one of our uh, previous co-hosts and friends, Zachary Helms, who's talking to me about this today. He actually asked me, and I was like, "Dude, it's a great question. Can I just use this on the podcast tonight?" And he said, "I got a big bonus this summer at my job, and I want to buy." either a Switch or a VR, maybe both, but it depends on how finances go. Um, what should I do? And that was a little uncomfortable because I, you know, Josh owns a Switch and I own a PSVR. Ryan, do you own either of those? I own a Nintendo Switch. Okay. So we have some different opinions here, which is good. But basically, I was uncomfortable telling him or really anyone to just buy something um, because there's so many factors that go into it. Like, if you don't like Zelda, it's hard for me to recommend buying a Switch right now. Um, and he was neutral on Zelda, so that's fine. But I wanted to go around the room. Um, my gut reaction is that they're too different to compare as, like, I'd rather have one or the other because they're just vastly different sides of the world. Um, I, You guys can give me your opinion on the Switch, but I'm assuming you guys are really enjoying it um, for Zelda and the portability and whatnot. I mean, Josh, um, what would you say to someone who's considering picking up a Switch? And this is someone who... He does not have a history with Zelda at all. Um, hmm. I'm trying to think. Um, I don't know. I I'm leaning towards the Switch just because it currently has more options mm-hmm. coming up shortly. Um, I mean VR. You've got tons of smaller games, but. I don't know. I still don't feel like there's much by way of killer app there to make it yeah. feel like it's yeah, as necessary. Although, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I there's more. There's more support for the Nintendo from Nintendo because they, they just came out with this product. Eventually, you're going to get you know the bigger games coming down the pipeline that um, 
um, you may like, or, but um, as far as like with VR, uh, like I feel like that. I don't know. It it, uh, it just feels like it's not being supported as well as what the Switch has, as far as um, developers developing games for it at this po- at this moment in time. VR, it's like a quick experience and it's life-changing the first time you do it, but, I mean, that's kind of it. Um, There's small experiences, they're not really, you know, there's not really many full-fledged games on there, and um, just, you know, the the portability of it as well. I mean, the VR, from what I've heard, is very clunky, you can't, there's all kinds of, you know, aspects that go into setting it up in your house, and with the switch, I mean, you can just pull it right out of the dock and, you know, hop on the bus or go to a park or something and just continue that experience everywhere. And it's, it's pretty rad so far. Yeah. I f- go ahead, Shay. <laughs> I'm going to say that even though the portability of the switch is super nice and obviously it's going to get the support that N- Nintendo always gives it, at the end of the day, when we play video games, we want to try something new and innovative. And even though it's not fully fleshed out yet, what's going to give you that new experience? The VR. And the only way it's going to get more games and get better is if more people support it. And it doesn't even necessarily have to be the PSVR. It could be one of the higher end, like the Vive or whatever you want to call it. But there are some really cool games for it. There are some really cool games slated to come out for it in the next year. And the more people that go out and buy it, the better the games get, the more support it gets. The Switch is going to be available in the next year or two anyways. He can wait, and when when that system has fleshed itself out more, has more games that appeal to him, he can get it then. But the PSVR now... I think it has a lot more games than the Switch, even though they're not necessarily quality. It does. It definitely does. <laughs> yeah, I mean, technically, but yeah. Yeah, it's tricky. It's kind of like counting every game that was a game on the PS2 as as a game, which maybe you shouldn't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's tricky because one of them is like a, That's true. a core system, a Nintendo core system, and one of them is sort of a side system for Sony because obviously their main system is PS4. But they're, right now, PS the VR I have is in a lull, um, but I feel like Nintendo Switch is really relying heavily on Zelda being so incredible as well. I, I feel like VR is tough because it's in a, a whole... Like, I love VR, as you guys know, and I think Resident Evil is one of the like transcendent VR experiences, but I haven't, there hasn't been anything released in a while. There's, there's some stuff you guys know I'm excited about. You know that Final Fantasy fishing game I won't shut up about, but that's not coming out to November. <laughs> they have a Skyrim is supposed to drop. You know, our friend Ryan's wearing a Skyrim shirt right now. Skyrim is coming out in VR, and that looks fucking awesome, but that's, that doesn't even have a release date. Um, so there's a lot of stuff coming, but it's, it's just not there yet. So, did you end up playing the Star Trek game? No, because well, I'll tell you about that after the show. But I did a lot of research on it, and it's not what you think it is. It's not what you think it is. There's a giant bomb quick look that you should watch, and it'll show you everything. It's designed to be played with four people. 
Like you get four, like literal four headsets and play with people. And it's, it's one of the craziest things you'll ever see. I'm not even fucking around, but we can talk about that later. It's very, it's not as cool as I thought it was going to be as well. Um, and it's full price. It's really expensive. Well, fuck. But uh, I feel like the switch has more going for it than Zelda. Just to cut in on that. I think like, uh, you know, there's Mario Kart. I mean, I know that's the Wii U port, but a lot of people miss out on the Wii U. And, um, you know, Smash is coming, Super Smash Brothers, and there's Splatoon 2 right now. I don't know. You know, that's <laughs> that's for a select audience, but, I mean, it's hooked me so far. And then plus, like... Mario and the Rabbids, you got that? Yeah, like, to me, it's come down to I don't buy games on my PlayStation anymore unless they are exclusive. Like Sonic Mania, I bought that on my Switch because I can take it to work, play it on my break. Mm-hmm. You know, while they're mm-hmm. loading up my truck, I can sit there and, you know, hear the the wonderful music from Chemical Zone. You know, or it's yeah, and uh, you know, Mario's coming out. There's also pretty cool games that I've never got a chance to play. I guess that were PC games like Cave Story. Um, Cave Story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, <laughs> there's these like it, it's just. But like like Shay said, people are no- looking for a new experience. But I feel like the Switch kind of gives me that in a weird way. It's not. Uh, I mean, it does feel like a Game Boy or like a you know portable experience. But at the same time, it's it it feels like something new, like playing Zelda or Mario Kart. I mean, anywhere. It's uh, and they're they're console quality games. It's it's pretty rad. And just seeing yeah. all the support that's been coming its way, and and then the price point also, it's it's dirt cheap right now compared to the PlayStation VR. You know, yeah, if you can find one. So. Yeah. Poor Shay has it's been not bundled. Poor Shay has been looking for one in Japan, and it's like literally harder to find one than it is in America. So. <laughs> Yeah, you cannot find them until October because they are not selling again until October. And they're going to go... For, oh. I think the question boils... Oh, go ahead. I'm oh, sorry. you're fine. I was just saying, I think the question boils down to what more... What what game experience is he looking for? Yeah. You know, is he is he looking for something highly immersive, you know, highly new, um, more gritty, you know, more mature content? And I feel like the PlayStation VR is the way to go. And, um, you know... Do you... I totally agree with Shay. With Shay, the more people that buy it and support it, the more developers will hop on board with it yeah and and does portability work in your life like for me i'm gonna get a switch anyway because i'm you know i love video games so i'm gonna get both that's my answer is get both if you can eventually um but portability doesn't really do anything for me in my life i mean i might play it on the the switch tablet thing just because it looks a little better and i can relax but having a portable system in my life doesn't really do a lot for me i don't have a commute i don't get on the train or anything like that you know, so it, it depends on what your life is. And I got to play Zelda on the Wii U because I actually had one of those fucking Wii U's that no one else bought. And <laughs> and I played Zelda on that. So for me, did. did you have one? Yeah. yeah. I have one. So like I was finally like, cool, I could play a game on this. I will wait till Mario or maybe next year. Not because I don't think it's worth buying, but because I got Zelda somewhere else and I wanted that revolutionary. I was hungry for something different. I wanted to step in. I wanted to see what VR was all about. But I will agree that it's in a lull right now and hopefully Skyrim and some of these other games will pick it up out of that lull. Fallout. Yeah. Fallout. LA Noir. Yeah. 
which just got announced. I'm curious how that one will turn out, because that one was... That's going to be cool. Firmly entrenched (laughs) in Uncanny Valley whenever you weren't in the room with these things. So I'm curious to see what that's going to be like, you know, two inches away from some of these faces. (laughs) Yeah. It's true. Yeah, it's so hopefully, hopefully nobody gets a boner while you interview them. <laughs> <laughs> it's um yeah, I mean it's one of those things where like I said, it's hyperrealism isn't always the best thing in the world, you know, because you'll be in a world that you can still tell is obviously fake, but just being in there is still cool. Anyways, I thought it was a good question. My short answer is if you can afford them both, get both, but what is your life? What looks better for you? Are you can you play something portable on the go? Um, are you okay with having less experiences, but maybe they're more intense? Like, just, I think we've covered all the grounds here, and there's a lot of ways. And if you, and honestly, Breath of the Wild is such an incredible game. I think it justifies the Switch, but if you don't like Breath of the Wild for some reason, I don't know, if you, something's wrong with you, and you don't, you don't like Zelda. Um, I've yet to find someone that doesn't like Breath of the Wild, but I'm sure they're out there, right? So if we had yeah. if we had to each just like pick that one thing like if we said one or the other even though we don't know exactly what he wants what would each one of us say? Just well, I made my easy. decision. I played Zelda on the Wii U and I made my decision. I got a PSVR. PSVR is my choice as of right now. Yeah, I, think... I, I would I would say PSVR as well. Like, I don't think that's... PSVR is ever the choice. It's Switch or Uh-oh. something other than PSVR. Like, maybe. Oh, yeah. yeah. The fuck are you talking about? Like a, what are you. T- so it's actually future proof. PC, VR. Yeah, yeah, like, get something that. No. Yeah. Get that Maybe shit it'll be supported you. for more than the next, you know. You don't know that. 10 months. You don't know that. <laughs> and if you say things like that, then people won't go support it. And you're funneling it into the problem. Well, but it's. I mean, that's how computers work. You get a piece of hardware that lasts for significantly longer than on the console. So, I mean, think about how long a monitor generally lasts. I mean, that's essentially what you're buying Yeah. if you get a VR headset for PC instead of for the... No one wants to go through the hell of hooking a fucking... PSVR. Dealing with computer bullshit and a VR. Computers are a pain in the ass, Josh. You're already hooking in just as many cables on the PSVR. No. You're trying to make that your yeah. The reason why the reason the VR is so successful right now is because it's easier to hook up, easier to use. It's for mainstream. I mean, the resolution is going to be a little lower. I agree, but it's the reason. The reason it's so successful is because the people who are really interested in 3D are also not smart enough to turn on a computer. That is accurate. I'm not smart enough to turn on a computer. (laughs) But having said that. I fundamentally disagree. I think that the quality you're getting is good enough for the ease of use. Um, but yeah, if you're, I agree though. If you're a PC gamer and you're really into like your rig and stuff, and you'd rather go that route for VR, I, I think that's cool too. I mean, unless there's specifically something like that Final Fantasy fishing game you guys know I'm obsessed with that I haven't played yeah. yet, which could suck. That's not coming out on PC that I'm aware of. <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, I mean, it may eventually because I mean, Final Fantasy 15 just came out on pc oh that's true that was delayed a while as well so i mean it may eventually come to pc it's like ryan was saying that playstation has some of those exclusives as well like moss Mm -hmm. i believe that moss game with that cute little mouse um there's there's a lot of cool stuff coming out even skyrim i don't know for a fact that's oh that's i'm sure that's also the vive as well 
um, or the Oculus, but um, anyways, I'm assuming yeah. Ryan and Josh, I'm assuming you guys are saying Switch. Yeah, I say Switch, just for the price eh. point right now and the support of it. Yeah, yeah I, my, my thing's more of the price point, I think. Um, I feel like the, the technology's cool. I feel like people are finally getting how to make games for it. But I also feel like you are, even though it's a few years old at this point, you're still an early adopter if you're getting VR right now. Um, yeah. And true. if you're cool with that, great. Great, but I'm generally not that type of a consumer. I generally uh, wait until You were an old. early adopter on the Switch. You bought that thing the first day it came out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because you trust Nintendo. It doesn't matter if they they created one game and a lineup, but you trust them enough. Even with the Wii U. We both bought the Wii U and we were kind of burnt on that. So, I mean, I believe you are an early adopter if you trust who you're adopting from. Yes. And, I mean, even the Wii U, even though it didn't get many games, I still have, what, At least a dozen games on there. It's not like there's nothing on there. It it gets that system is it gets way more crap than it deserves. Yeah, it's um, highly underrated. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I don't disagree with that. I'm just saying it took a while, and I didn't get my Zelda until the Switch it came did. out. God damn it! The fuck is with that? Ugh. Anyways, I hope you enjoyed our answer to this question. Or if you're out there, the the real answer is sell your Xbox One because it's crap. And then, so you can get both. <laughs> get both. Yes. <laughs> there you go. Um, <laughs> um, all right. And so, as we kind of wrap up the show here, we'll go around just quickly talk about our weeks, maybe for a couple minutes, and then we can wrap things up. Fish, haven't talked to you in a little while as we were rambling on here, my friend. Uh, I know you've been busy with mm-hmm. Destiny, but how's your week been? Uh, pretty good. Uh, real busy at my job. Um, like today, I I took my lunch on the on the road actually, and I stopped at a McDonald's, um, just to grab something quick to eat. And as soon as I walked in there, there was like this weird like I looked at the counter and nobody was standing there, but people were facing the other way, and I was like, "What the hell is going on?" And they were all staring at these big scre- kiosk screens, um, placing their order and i was oh, like whoa no well so they replaced <laughs> the like, humans at mcdonald's is that what you're saying well no yeah essentially <laughs> they replaced the cashier with a computer <laughs> a, com- oh, a computer yeah. screen a monitor but it was pretty cool like it was like it's pretty much like ordering anything online like from amazon or something like that like you you find the product that you want that it was very simplistic it was like do you want burgers do you want chicken nuggets do you want a chicken sandwich and i was like okay let me get a burger all right oh a big mac please and it's like oh do you want it a large medium or small and i was like oh okay and just click medium and like it all just like came to me like real quick i was just i was in and out while i was looking over to like my right and left and there was these older folks like there was an old mm-hmm. lady and like this older uh man and they had to have employees like kind of guide <laughs> oh, them no. through it. Oh my goodness! And I was like, oh yeah, it was it was a bit weird to me. But you still have I to mean, pay one employee people... to show people how to use the computers that have replaced the other employees. Exactly. Yeah. Here, yeah. Let me show you. <laughs> let me show you how to use the things that are taking over my job. Part of me thinks. Part of me thinks we just don't tell anybody how to operate the machine. If they can't figure it out, 
maybe they starve and uh <laughs> it's natural selection is that is that a downside it's i mean they're old it's you know yeah don't worry mcdonald's for them i mean they shouldn't be eating that shit anyway yeah. it's gonna fucking kill them honestly i mean i guess it makes sense though they're old they may be maybe too blind to actually see the screen and that makes sense but yeah yeah that's kind of sad yeah Huh. But then then it asks you to type in like this little number that's it's a table tent that's set right next to the monitor. You pick that up, you type in the number, you take that with you and they they dispense the cups right there by the screen as well. And Are we sponsored um, by McDonald's now? Like what is going on? No. <laughs> it's a nice pitch for them. <laughs> well, it is I've never seen any I've heard yeah, about these right. these kiosks yeah. and everything, but I've never actually first-handed experience it and like experience it finally like uh, it was kind of cool was there anybody like, at the registers at all like any humans no 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 there oh. there were registers there but and there was people standing nearby it but i think they were uh taking care of the food mm. instead of serving anybody like the people who were helping out the folks on the kiosk i think were um working there to kind of help people adopt this new way of when i was a kid i worked food. at fast food and i could be honest with you if i didn't have to take people's orders but i could just get it ready that would have been way better because like dealing with people face to face that would oh yeah oh a yeah much better job yeah yeah exactly yeah i worked at domino's and like domino's is pushing heavy for people to order online mm-hmm. because otherwise yeah. we're stuck on the phone for four yeah. or five minutes just taking their order and Mm -hmm. that time could have been used to make you know the food instead and have quicker times and uh fresher food handed out to the customers instead of sitting there on the phone taking Mm -hmm. an order yeah that god God forbid you have a good human interaction (laughs) god forbid you interact with your fellow man yeah it's it's corporate greed, man. I did Our, that one. They're looking for. <laughs> I interacted with a person one time. How'd that Overrated. go? Yeah. Um, That's super cool, but creepy at the same time. Yeah. Just thinking about what the future could be like. Yeah. The only nice thing is if someone. You remember, you're. Oh, go ahead. No, you're fine. Go ahead. You remember, you know, a few months ago when Stephen Hawking warned everyone that. We need to be incredibly fearful of AI. And you remember how Elon Musk yeah. a few weeks ago warned us all of how we need to be worried about AI? And you remember all those Terminator movies warning us about how we need to be fearful of AI? And you remember, you remember that Steve? movie AI or artificial <laughs> intelligence warning us about AI? That's what I was going to say. And you I remember that, that movie I about robots? having sex with robots. <laughs> That's true. But you remember that movie, iRobot, warning us about AI? Or Ex Machina? Theme here? Ex Machina AI really seems great. Too. So many. I remember. <laughs> <That's awesome>. I <laughs> personally welcome our new robot overlords. We remember. Or there's that movie called Her. It's a great movie where a guy falls in love with an AI. Um, you know, mm-hmm. that's always the positive side of it. So, Pepperidge Farm remembers. Well, <laughs> 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 um, that just been other than your um, futuristic McDonald's, just been chilling, playing Destiny, relaxing with the fam. Uh yeah, 
uh, played a bit of uh, some more of uh, everybody's oh, golf. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Me and you did some a few rounds against each other, and we tested out the multiplayer. Um, the multiplayer was, I mean, the 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 online part of it. I, I don't know if it was because it was raining in game, but it the the performance on it was. Uh, very choppy and I did not like that at all um, and maybe it's because it, this is something new to uh, Claphands mm. uh, the developers of this game but um, I feel like that's something that they could fix later on down the road but at this point like it's a little weird running around this golf course that that has that features nine holes that you do and there's people running all over the place <laughs> kind of lagging all over like warping in front of you and like seeing balls just like fly in front of the uh, hole that you're trying Woo! to put at Woo! seeing balls it's, stepping it's on a... my balls man <laughs> yeah I, I got a yeah. video like that on the instagram no i actually played it without the rain fish and it was i think we just had a bad night because uh-huh. it seemed to be working fine for me oh okay yeah yeah, it's still like if it's featuring, you know, yeah, the weather effects yeah. in that game, like you would think it would run smooth, but it it didn't. At least that one time that me and you were playing. Too um, many people are golfing, but... I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's just like real life. You go <laughs> to a golf course and it's it fucking crowded. sucks. You're just some old asshole time. pushing you, you know, parking behind your golf cart, giving you fucking rude looks and shit, and you're like, God damn. <laughs> Forces you off your game. That must have been nice. That must have been nice getting to play games with each other on multiplayer. Like that one time I asked you guys to play Elder Scrolls Legends with me. I remember that. Is that a phone that game? Times. I don't think phone games count as real games. We've been over this before. Aren't, wait, aren't you... Isn't Everybody's Golf a phone game? No, no, no. It's on PS4. Oh, yeah. okay. 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 The, then that's that's. Past. There was an Everybody's Golf game that released on mobile, so that's probably why you got confused. Um but yeah, it got released uh, about a week, two weeks ago. So Ryan actually played some of it too. He was he was texting me about. It. I was like, oh. yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. I like it. Um, I mean, it's I was completely lost at first. They just kind of throw you in there, like here you go. And I knew how to hit the ball and time it right, but I didn't know how to you know turn my shot where I wanted it. And I realized, duh, it's the D pad. But I mean, <laughs> they just kind of know, throw was, you in there. They, that, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like that. That game's really fun. It was a, a Redbox rental, so I just you know messed around with it for a night and ended up sending it back. But it was it was pretty enjoyable. It was fun. Tried to get my fiance to hop into it, and she didn't. She said it's golf. Like, see, I don't, I don't wanna man, play that. we gotta have a talk with your fiance. See, I did the same Smart thing. Smart woman. No, that's not. No, see, and <laughs> see, Shay got me to play frisbee golf too, and yet he'll talk shit on real golf, which I'll never understand. Uh, so, so fall things on some sort of superior level. <laughs> it's cheaper. That is accurate. It is cheaper. Um, but no, I got my girlfriend in the church. You get to smoke way more weed playing frisbee <laughs> golf. That is <laughs> Man, I just go out there in my chacos, bruh. Dude, that really happened to me once. I went, um, I went out to play golf with these guys, and I got paired up with them. I didn't know who they were. And like on the second hole, they just kicked up their legs on their golf cart, and they just started rolling the blunt. And they're like, hey, man, you want to hit this? I'm like, is this happening right now? Like, what's going on? Um, so that was a pretty fun round of golf. But um, 
I got my girlfriend to play everybody's golf with me and she actually really likes it. So I wish that more people would give it a shot because she was like, I love playing it with you. I don't think I play it by myself because it's a little repetitive, but like, yeah, man, I mean, we'll just pass the controller back and forth on the couch and we, we have a great old time. So yeah, maybe next know. time you're able to convince your fiance. Misery, Misery loves company. Yeah. <laughs> if I can pull her away from a uh, fallout four, uh, she into the fallouts. <laughs> Oh, yeah. It's either Skyrim or Fallout, but she's heavy into Fallout. Mm. Yeah. What a smart lady. It's not a bad decision, you know? (laughs) Um, How is, I mean, uh, that's, that's, uh, well, I I was going to say that's a pretty good segue um, to you, Ryan. Like, you said um, you've been moved in with your fiancé for, what, like a year or so? Yeah, about a year and a half. How how is that getting your game time in living, because I know it's a little different when you try to get your game time in when you're living with your lady. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely harder. Um, I mean, she's cool with me playing and everything. She doesn't mind at all. But I, there's something in me that feels like if I game too much, I'm neglecting yeah, yeah. to spend time with her. Yeah, and it makes me kind of feel like a douche. But um, I mean, she's really cool. I mean, most of the time she'll go in her room and hop on the PlayStation Four and you know play Minecraft or Fallout Four or something like that. When Destiny came out, I mean, she kind of knew the. <laughs> Just let me nerd out for a bit on She's it. She's like, I know but, this is important I mean, yeah. to you. Just do your thing for a little bit. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, yeah, it's 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 been great moving in together. It's, uh, it's definitely a like a, a good experience mm-hmm. on my part so far. Well, if you guys are moved in together, so, that's pretty serious. I mean, the next step. See, there's a, yeah. there's a cycle. First you move in together, then you get pets, then you have a kid. That's how the cycle goes. Yeah, well, we're, we're actually going to get married uh, the day before Halloween. Oh, well, congratulations. So, that's cool. Yeah, thank you. And then, you know, try to have a kid after that. And just, uh, I've known her since high school and we just recently started dating, you know, about five and a half years ago. So, wow, that's a long time. Yeah, it works out. That's really cool. It's been, it's been that's nice. Awesome. Five and a half years. <laughs> right that's, that's awesome. That's, that's really good. Yeah. Sadly, my first, my first marriage ended after six years. Um, but if you're getting married at six years, you're probably in good shape. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's, yeah, I have to do it now, you know, (laughs) when you're smart, you lived by yourself, um, for what, four and a half years before you guys moved in. So, I mean, I think that's a smart way to do it. Yeah. We would just see each other mainly on weekends Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Cause we lived cities apart and with our work schedules, they weren't lining up and stuff. And, you know, she's a nurse and I'm a driver. So I go all through, you know, the Los Angeles area and everything. And, with our work schedules, it just was kind of hard to see each other during the week, but it was just mostly a weekend thing. Yeah. Hmm. What I mean, kind of driver are you? Uh, I deliver electrical parts. Oh. Like oh. wire and conduit and fish. Cool. Fish delivers plumbing parts. <laughs> oh, right on. <laughs> yeah, I drive a, a twelve foot steak bed, and it, it's it's oh, fun. Okay. I like it, but I'm uh kind of frustrated right now. Just yeah. Yeah, just it's uh it's driving. I, I want to move up more in the company, but you know everyone has to start somewhere. So yeah, yeah. I mean, driving does have its perks. Uh, I mean, you're out on the road by yourself. I, I like yeah. that. Yeah, and away from like the company and not anybody necessarily breathing down your neck or telling you what to yeah, do. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you get you get to see something different every day, and you mm-hmm. know parts of. Because I, I live in Southern California, like the San Bernardino area, and I've, 
I've never really went out towards LA, so when I'm going through LA and stuff, it's wow, it's another, it's another world out there, yeah. man. It's a jungle, and it's just kind of yeah. it's kind of cool just seeing all that and seeing all these places I never knew existed and places to eat and you know just weird, interesting things, you know. So mm-hmm. it's cool. I get to listen to podcasts all day, and like you said, there's no supervisor there breathing down your neck. Or, <laughs> You know, no, that's the so it's, that's the tough part, man. I used to have a job where I could listen to podcasts all day, and then I got a job where I couldn't, and it was like I felt like part of my brain was going to explode because I had all these like bomb casts and beast casts and kind of funny. All these podcasts were yeah, building up. Yeah. I'm like, how am I supposed to fucking listen to these three hour podcasts now? I have to hear them, but oh yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's new, that's how it yeah. gets, man. There's too many of new them. challenges. Yeah, like I I was the same thing. I just grinded podcasts all day, but. Um, your job has to kind of allow you to do that because they're time-consuming, to say the least. Um, yeah, definitely. Well, well, that's cool, man. I'm glad to – congratulations. And, uh, yeah, we yeah, appreciate you. you being here today. It's been a, been a fun time. Oh, thanks for yeah, having congrats. me. Thanks for having yeah. me, man. Yeah, yeah, thank you, guys. I was uh, really excited to kind of join you guys and just have a discussion. You guys' personalities all mesh well together, so it's uh, kind of – cool and you know humbling to just be included in it Mm -hmm. so you guys got something good going on here just keep it up thank you thank you Uh, the thing is i i I think i would say that works best is when you get into a room naked with three other men and you kind of do the (laughs) circle jerk then you really really get to know the person (laughs) see that you don't (laughs) you don't ever really know someone until you stare into their asshole (laughs) <laughs> I, thought, I thought Morgan was going to play that orgasm sound on his phone for a minute. <laughs> I wanted to, but my phone died. See, you guys are right. My oh, phone man. died. I didn't I... have a charger. I failed. Um. <laughs> I was waiting for it. I mean, honestly, Shay tells us that's a great way to get to know three other guys, but, you know, we haven't tried it maybe one day. It worked for him with some of his uh, friends in Japan. I but... limit myself to three. Yeah. Yeah, why three? That's just... Because Morgan Fish Josh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I'd say it, I'd you're say the, you're the three. You I need do to, the podcast you need to with? fill every free hand. So if there's uh, four of us and we have two hands, that means we can have a dick in each hand. So we need at least eight dicks. I mean, it's like the Silicon Valley thing. I think we. I think. So, I think we all just problem. There's always going to be more hands. <laughs> You're you're never. Oh, yeah. you're right, Josh. Because once you have eight dicks, you now yeah. have eight men. Yeah, and then you have sixteen mm-hmm. hands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was just gonna say we all grab our. We all. It's one of those paradoxes in life. <laughs> and then it's, yeah. Oh, I was yeah, thinking yeah. we just grab our own dick and we grab Morgan's arm and we thus have grabbed another dick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wah wah wah. <laughs> There's another head shake from Josh. I'm Gosh. getting them today. Man, I'm so proud of myself. On fire. Uh, Speaking of Josh, you've returned to us from your. um, I know you went out of town last week because you had a passing in your family. Um, So, how was your your journey? Uh, Long, because I'm going from Canada to North Carolina, which is a little bit of a drive. Um,. And we decided just <laughs> to save money, we drove instead of flying. And then in order to save time, we just did it in one day, um, which is about a 12-hour 12, 12 day, yeah. 
which is it's brutal. It's brutal. Yeah. That's brutal shit. Yeah, it's... and I'm sorry. I didn't mean mm-hmm. to segue awkwardly from the circle jerk to your situation. Um, that was just poor taste on my part. Um, but I know you had a. I know it was a rough week. Did you get to play any of your Switch on the journey? A little bit, just like at night, um, before going to bed, but not, not a lot. We're just way too busy with everything else going yeah. on. You got um, to see family though, right? Even though it was kind of a sad thing, I saw some pictures of you and your sister and your brother. Yeah, yeah, which was nice because we're all over the place right now. Um, so yeah, it was nice to see them all all again because my sister's in Texas and we're in Michigan now. And my mom and dad are in Arizona, so yeah, mm. it, we never, never get together mm. anymore. So it was at least nice to see them yeah. again. Um, That's cool. Kinda, like I live yeah. in the same state as my parents, so I've always been fortunate. But I'd be weird to be, you know, so far from them. I can't even imagine. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've been out of state for my folks since, you know, just shortly after high yeah. school. Um. Just with you know, with your military and whatnot, yeah, and your wife's so job to... too, and everything. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yep. Anything of worth note that you want to mention from your week? I'm trying to think. Not really. Just kind of settling back in. You did have that gun that you were showing us at the beginning of the show. This. <laughs> Josh is a big gun guy. I've noticed was... this about you. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was my uh, great grandfather's and. Apparently he gave it to his son, and uh, yeah, he was. My grandfather was not a gun guy mm. like at all, so it probably sat there for I don't know how long, just just sitting there. Um, to the point where there's it's I, there's no salvaging this thing. Mm. Like I probably need to clean it up and oil it, and then remove the firing pin so no one kills himself with it because it's it's yourself is the only person you can kill with this thing anymore. It's just, yeah. um, it looks nice though. You could, yeah, it's falling you apart. got it fixed up. I mean, it looks real nice and it's a nice heirloom. It's a revolver, right? Yeah. Yeah. It just needs to be cleaned up and that's, that's all it's going to be mm-hmm. good for this is like, you know, like a shadow box or something at this point. Um, so yeah, just kind of pass down the family, uh, gun sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. That's cool. Kind of reminds me of the, uh, watch. That got passed down in Pulp Fiction, um, which is a nice transition because this week it, I actually got my girlfriend to watch Pulp Fiction for the first time, and she had never seen it, which blew my fucking mind that um, there was a living human being on this planet that had never seen Pulp Fiction. Have you seen Pulp Fiction, Ryan? Oh, my God. Dude. No. I was going to say something. I was like, uh, dude, I haven't seen a lot of movies that are... Pretty popular in mainstream. How old are you, if you don't mind me asking? I've seen part. I've seen parts of it. I'm 29. Oh, okay. I've seen parts of it. Um. Yeah, I, I've missed out on a lot of good ones. That's okay. I was just giving you shit, but I was just surprised she hadn't seen it either. <laughs> um. But there's a part where a guy passes down a watch, um, to his son, and the watch gets left after an incident occurs where he has to go back and get his watch, and in the process ends up getting trapped in a pawn shop and raped. So it's a very strange <laughs> film, to say the least. Um, 
but it's a classic and she had never seen it before i was i was very surprised that i i'm doing that fun thing now i don't know if you guys have ever done this when you get in a new relationship where you're like have you seen this movie have you seen this movie and all these there's all these great movies she's never seen so i just roll down the list and we just yeah. we're just kind of knocking them out you know mm-hmm. like we just watched minority report the other night um which is a great movie but it's marred by tom cruise unfortunately being so tom cruisey that that's no offense fish i know you have a history with tom cruise oh no i understand but i accept oh, it the way he is <laughs> you should have got you got to rebuild the minority report version of your your vape rig but um it yeah it's it's there's a lot of great films i've never seen so i've had a lot of fun uh we watch bruno borat I'm trying to think of all the great movies that she oh god borat yeah like people forget those movies yeah. were a thing man when it, like ugh. bruno in particular there's a, a lot of penis in that movie that's not a bad boy right? <laughs> uh, your virgin hang like sleeve of wizard it's <laughs> a good movie um Speaking of which, yeah, we're going through the Harry Potter. Oh right yeah, yeah. I've been needing to cat. I I had to get caught up on those. Um, how are you liking them? Yeah, yeah. She's never seen any of them, and I'm I've only seen like five, four or five. So we're kind of going through that. That's kind of a trade off. She uh sat me down and I watched Twilight. With oh, her. you brave oh. man! You brave soul. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, which uh, fuck that. Bad parts of it were. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was all right, man, but not the vampire thing. I mean, that 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 was. She made you watch all of them, like all. the whole saga. Yeah, oh. yeah. Well, I uh, I bought her the collection one year for Christmas, and uh, yeah, I ended up watching all of them with her. Dude, Dude I think I think it was nine years ago. This can't, chick can't tried sitting me down to make me watch it, and I remember the part in the first movie where <clears throat> I can't even remember the vampire dude's name or the actor's name. But like, there's a car that or the truck that's about to hit the main actress, and he stops oh, it, yeah, yeah. and then he just looks at her <laughs> like all fierce. <laughs> and I was just like, all right, I'm fucking done with this yeah. shit. <laughs> fucking done. Yeah. That, he he was my problem with those movies. He was the worst part of them. He just made vampires look like just terrible. Yeah. You know? Well, the dude that played the werewolf too. I was not a fan of them. I know. Dude, no, nobody yeah. in that movie is a good. N- none well, of the three main characters are good actors no, or actresses. Chris, Kristen, Kristen, Kristen Stewart. Stewart this is her. This is her happy. This is her sad. One face. This is her mad. Yeah, this is her getting fucked in the ass by a gorilla. That's. It's all the same. It's all the same. Huh. Well, I mean, you you have to play dead when getting <laughs> fucked in the ass by a gorilla. That's that is literally that is your only shot of getting that out of that alive. <laughs> that's that's, I don't really think that's a great example. It's true. You're it's right. It's a technique. You're right. <laughs> Unless you it's Harambe, dead. then you derive great pleasure from it. Oh damn. Dicks out for Harambe. <laughs> oh, God. That totally made me think of this. I had this whole terrible metaphor that I was going to bring up earlier about how Destiny 1 was like when you first have sex with someone you're dating, and then like it's it's fun, but it's still a little awkward, and then it gets better and better after a couple times, like, you know, the Taken King and the expansions, and then, but then eventually you have that sex where you just kind of look at each other and you're like, 
mm, and it's just popping and clicking, and that's what Destiny Two is like. You know what I mean? But then I, I, <laughs> you should, uh... yeah. I scratched that for some yeah. reason, but I still found a way to sneak it in, so I'm happy with that. Well, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just worried about such old people having sex with all that scratching and popping <laughs> in the joints, and it's. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you this one thing you gotta watch Man, out for Ryan it's bad images. when you have a kid me and Josh and yeah. Fish can attest to this okay so you run into this problem when your kid finally falls asleep or whatever or you're trying to find time to have make a little love with your woman but kids are unpredictable right especially babies like my kid the other day me and my lady finally got some time to lay into it and we're like in the zone right we're popped in I'm going to town boom 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 and I look <laughs> over just out of the slight to the right of my eye and it's my kid who's laying in her um, the little crib by my bed, and she just looks at me with this funny little face, like ah, and I and I just it it fucking <laughs> threw me out of my game. I was just like I, oh, you know what I mean? It's like so you have to be really careful. Oh man, because those not things. Your t- mm, no, oh, never mind. I'm not gonna make that joke. Not gonna no, make that, that is, joke. There's no, no bad jokes you can make. No. It's it's the reality of. Kids will, they really put a uh, hurting on your sex life. Um, so eventually when they get older, you can send them to bed at like seven or eight. Like, what was your tactic, uh, Fish and Josh? Like, how did you guys sneak around that when you guys had babies? <laughs> um, doors. <laughs> Shut them. Just wheel the baby on the hallway. <laughs> you kids sip doors. Like... <laughs> You fed for yourself for a few hours, newborn baby. I hope you survive. Yeah, that, that's pretty much what I did too. Doors. Is, uh, I closed the See, door. See, our kids never separated <laughs> in another room, so that's. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is like my daughter loves to sleep with us uh, in bed. Still, whoa, whoa, still? Like, that's bad for a kid, dude. You can't do that. Uh, yeah, but like. Uh. She oh, she knows now. Like every once in a while, we'll let her sleep with us, but um, for the most part, she she sleeps by herself. But um, yeah, um, she, she'll get nightmares at uh, uh, during the night, and she'll try and mosey uh, her way into the. Bedroom and your wife's and, a pushover, and she lets her get in there, doesn't she? Or are you the pushover? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I'm usually asleep uh, and not. I'm a deep sleeper, so I don't. <laughs> Fish doesn't remember any of it. He's just bed. like, "Fuck." Nah. Yeah. See, that's no. the. But when Go it ahead, com- you're fine. Also, when it comes to like love making, also you like you find more creative ways as well. Like you'll find. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you could go into the bathroom. <laughs> you know. Yeah, but I've done that before, Squeeze and then we're in, in the middle of you know something crazy in the bathroom. We hear. Wah! Wah! And it's like it fucking pulls you out of your fucking zone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's definitely tough for like a newborn, but newborns also, you know, once they get like their sleeping schedule down, like you can really yeah. you know exactly when you, to, what 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 times you can actually. Yeah, you know when you got that open yeah. window. But having, yeah. that's the thing, trying to do it within an open window kind of ruins the spontaneity. It's like, all right, let's do it, go. So it's like. It's going to create a lot of interest, interesting <laughs> things, as parents all know. So, um, I don't know. Just I forgot how that was because my kids, so my other kids, five. So I was like, "Damn, this is what it's like again." I forgot. It's it's all great. I'm not complaining. It's oh. just and, yeah. that one's already scarred and knows to stay away oh, yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> she, you got to retrain another she was one. Scarred, yeah. Oh shit! She learned how to open doors. 
Um, <laughs> but yeah, oh, yeah, man. that's there's a lot of fun problems you deal with um, in that vein. But you know, eventually you'll just you just kind of power through it. So that's the way it goes. Um, speaking of powering through it, Shay, how have you been, my friend? Good. Uh, just uh, apparently been powering through a lot of things in my life. Mm-hmm. I guess I don't, I don't, that was a weird segue. <laughs> no, it's uh, this week has been me going back to work. Unfortunately, oh no, it is fortunate. Like I was really glad to see the kids. They were really happy to see me. I was surprised. There are kids that I've never talked to at that school because they're so shy, starting to talk to me now, which was kind of nice. Um, didn't feel like as much of like a fucking outcast in like being in their world, but, mm-hmm. um, it was, it was really good, uh, getting back to school, getting into the swing of things. Um, I started working more on my novel at work, at work, um, really been getting entrenched into that. I'm about 30 pages deep and been, um, fleshing out some of my characters and the history of what I'm writing about. So that was really nice. Um, that was the, um, really other than that was the mm, dragon, uh, erotica novel, right? Yeah, that's, that's, um, basically. So what happens in this book is there's this little dragon whelp and it's raped vigorously by three frost trolls and, oh um, extinguish, extinguish the flame of the dragon. So it basically has to fuck other dragons to try and get its fire back, mm-hmm. and it's it's been what is it it's about been such a good novel. What is it about having sex with the other dragons that cool. brings the fire back? Well, I don't know if you know this; it's a little well-known fact. But when you have sex as a dragon, um, you breathe flame into each other's mouths, and since the since the protagonist of my story can't breathe fire, it, it makes for very underwhelming sex. So mm. eventually, eventually, and I don't want to spoil how, but there's going to be some some catalyst that allows for the flame. Okay, I can't keep this up. I, I'm surprised if any of you were doing so good. You were doing so good. I thought it was like a. It's like a ch- <laughs> I didn't know where I was going with. I, Shit, I can't I, wait to read this novel. Yeah, I was thinking I'd read that. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds cool, dude. I'm Sold. Shay's going to go back to tonight, you know, scratch, his, his scratch his old novel, <laughs> starting a new story. Just throw the whole... Write the garbage. Dragon erotica is my calling. <laughs> Holy yeah, shit. Sex dragons. <laughs> the flame is bright. Damn. <laughs> yeah. Um... I didn't know I had actually, such a captive uh, audience. I actually did read a book one time when I was uh, at my old job, and it was literally, yeah, there, it's out there. It was a, a fiction. It was a lady. She was tied up to this thing, and this dragon came down, and he was like kind of pleasuring her naked. She was left as a sacrifice, and the dragon started pleasuring her with his tongue and stuff, and it was written with deadpan serious, like romance novel erotica. And I remember reading it, and I was like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? This is like strangely arousing, but like what the hell why am i reading this you know what i mean and i i've never been able to find what the book was called again i've looked for it i mean in all seriousness it was a really strange thing to read 
Um, and I'm, and it just lets you know that there's strange kinks out. There's a kink out there for every. I'm not a kid. Today I saw a video. It was a kink for um, a woman yawns. People would pay her like to yawn, and they got off on it. Like there's a kink out there for everything. You know what I mean? Anyways, I'm sorry. And one day, why wouldn't they just ride Ash. the subway? <laughs> like there are people yawning one day, on there. Ash stumbles constantly. home. Ash stumbles home after a rager body full of ecstasy when he randomly summons Pikachu. Pikachu, confused, stares at Ash as it... Yeah, Ash yells, Thunderbolt, my hiney, Pikachu. No, don't you do dirty things with Pikachu. Don't you fucking do it. Don't you do it. Pika looks confused. Pika? It hurts itself in its confusion. <laughs> uh. <laughs> you, Pikachu has run out of pee-pee. How, how did you get go from yawning? How, how did you go from yawning uh, kinks to Pikachu zapping people in their asshole? It's just how my mind works. You're, you're, you're sure. Okay. Anyways, sorry, I just that's yeah, something that's true, that I thought true. of when you said that. Um, now everyone's gonna think I'm a freak that likes uh, dragon porn. So I hope, <laughs> I hope people. I, I'm the I'm the one who's writing the novel here. I'm the freak. That's true. That's it's true. not get well, you that get confused. Mo- I send you a lot of my ideas too, making it a reality. Um, anyways, it's true, sorry, but didn't I, we, we can pretend those don't exist. No, it's all good. No, um, just fleshing out the novel, and then I'm thinking about going cliff jumping tomorrow, where I went cliff jumping last weekend. Man, I didn't I didn't get to tell you guys about that. We went to this, I went to this uh, party at the Itadori River in um, probably my pronunciation is not good, but um, out in Gifu, and man, it was just gorgeous water. It was the clearest water I've ever seen. And I get to see koi swimming around. There's these four, four like black koi swimming around, following this white and orange koi, like like four bodyguards. And we went cliff jumping on some fucking sweet cliffs. And there was this like is is the weirdest thing I, I'd ever seen. It's like this little like under underwater arch, and it's a meter under, and we had to swim under and swim through it, and it was. It's fucking cool, man. It was it was easily one of the best experiences I've had in Japan. It was just good food and cliff jumping was incredible. I went on this thirteen meter cliff and jumped off that and um there were a bunch of Japanese people cheering us on, so I felt like a like a cool little hero jumping off cliffs. That's nice. Cool. Yeah. nice. It's nice. <laughs> yeah. Living at your heroic journeys. Yeah, yeah, that is this one fucked up thing happened though. It was like this guy, he bought this 70,000 yen Apple Watch, which is about $650, and he was wearing it while we were cliff jumping and it dropped to the bottom of the river. Yeah, I don't know why he was wearing it while we were cliff jumping. Thought it was a good idea, but he dropped it and we had to search the well, entire river area for it. Go ahead, Josh. Nothing. I'm. It's the sort of decision I'd expect from someone who buys an Apple Watch. 
I mean, they've already proven that they decision making's not their thing. But <laughs> I don't want to be that sort of guy. Although, kick him if when you're he's li- down. if you're wearing an Apple Watch and you listen to our podcast, disregard what Josh is saying. We still love you. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you're making great decisions yes. right now. <laughs> um, That's right. I can't speak but, for anything other than that, but you've made one good choice. I'm <laughs> proud of you. That's right. <laughs> start That's right. Have you? Um, <laughs> the, so he, we we searched the whole river, and um, someone lent me their little snorkel gear, and I could see some really cool fish while we were looking around. And I saw it, and it was about four meters down. So I had to dive down for that. Didn't find a body. Go down to the bottom <laughs> and. <laughs> And um, I grab the watch, and as I come up, my left calf muscle just got the biggest, tightest cramp I've ever had. And I've never gotten a calf cramp like that. So I couldn't swim anymore that day. Like, the cramp was that bad. And my calf hurt for, like, two days straight. I've never had that happen in my life. And I realized I'm getting old. Mm, Yeah. And that's the Uh end. that's That's the moral of the story. It's not really moral. It's the outcome of the story. I'm getting old. It's true. It just takes one of those like small instances to remind you of your mortality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Which is why that yeah, fruit fly back goes out. Well, yeah, duh, fuck that. That's why that fruit mm-hmm. fly article is very, very. God, just won't let that goddamn fruit fly article go. At the forefront of my. It's at the forefront of my mind. I'm getting old, man. I don't want to get old. <laughs> Join us next week where Shay tries to fight my biology articles with his biology articles on the next Chompcast. <laughs> That's right. That's all the next Chompcast is going to be about biology. Get used to it. I forgot. I've got a thing next week. Um, yeah, you got to be here for the fight of the yeah. century. Biology versus <laughs> Biology. Um, on that note though, yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty cool. I mean, you're doing, I really miss, uh, being around the ocean. I can tell you that. So I'm slightly jealous in that regard. Um, yeah, dude, you, you, I love, 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 love Montana. I love it. You got to go somewhere else rather than Great Falls. You really do. Well, take your whole family, I do. move I do. them to Missoula or Bozeman or Whitefish. Mm. I bought a house. Whitefish would be a great happen. area. But, I mean, you forget this. When I, I can was, flip it. Flip it. You could. You could sell it. When I was a kid, dude, I was in the military and I lived everywhere. Florida, Texas. I lived uh, up in, near Chicago, um, in the desert, New Mexico. So I've ex- at least experienced those You lived in, in Florida and Texas. What? You lived in Florida and Texas. Right. Many In many other places. Actually... Please move away from Montana. I've just realized Montana's a great you lived in Florida, hurricane, Texas, hurricane, mm-hmm. Montana, whole state is on fire. Well, yeah. Please move away from Montana. Well, I actually Go. remember when... Please move to North Korea. No. Please. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> it's going to keep following disaster wherever I go. Um, That's why I'm saying there's... move to North Korea. The uh, when I was a kid and the the hurricane Opal hit Florida, 
because I lived on a military base, we actually got to go. Our hurricane shelter was a hospital on the base. Um, and it was pretty cool because it was pretty safe and it was a hospital Weird. in case anything happened. And I, I remember that as a kid pretty vividly. Um, and, um, yeah, so anyways, I was just a lot of hurricanes when I was a kid, a lot of weird shit. Texas, I, a lot of tornadoes, stuff like that. So That's so crazy. Like, I, I remember seeing when I was in South Carolina visiting my mother and I saw this tornado just like maybe 100 yards from us. And, man, it just those like seeing storms like that firsthand is so crazy. It's something you never see in Montana and it just, yeah, it's, it's really, really cool. We don't have in Montana is tornadoes. Um, on that note though, wrapping up, it's been a long show. I wanted to say one final quick thing before we do our quick goodbyes. I did also finish Sonic mania and I wanted to say that it was pretty great. I'm excited for Shay to finish it. We can or play it. We can talk to it about it more in depth. Um, did you finish Sonic Mania, Ryan? No, I'm stuck at the damn oil. Oh, level. The, oh, that boss is fucking brutal. That, oh man. Yeah, that, I I can get through the level like nothing, and that boss just keeps wrecking me. And I got seven lives um, two days ago, and it wrecked me every time. It was really frustrating. I haven't played. It yeah, since. the secret it, the secret <laughs> to that level is just extreme patience. Like after it shoots the late, uh, we won't go into boss strategy on the podcast, but. Um, that game gets fucking tough, and I, I feel you, man. I was stuck on that boss for like two days. I'm not even kidding you. Um, yeah. And uh, so you're close. You only have a couple of those. So, Josh, it gets real tough. I know you put it down because you don't like Sonic, but the game is starting, you know, Fish too. I, I don't know why I'm saying this to Fish. He's got Destiny now. He's never going to touch Sonic ever again. So, uh, yeah, I like to think <laughs> that I'll go back to everybody's golf, but I think Destiny. It's just going to be calling my name every night. Well, that's what I'm doing after this. <laughs> yeah, they yeah, purge it. <laughs> enjoy it for a couple weeks, purge it out of your system. You know what I mean? It's... No, that's not how I enjoy Destiny. Oh, oh, is Morgan, sorry. You, you got the concept of t- time wrong. Play it for a few years. Oh, you're right. Then purge it. Okay. Is Fish's prerogative. It's okay. There you go. Till. Till Destiny you got a lot three. of stuff to catch on for Game of the Year, Fish. <laughs> it's going to happen. <laughs> Till the DLC. Till the DLC. Yeah. D3. Ugh. Anyways, um, awesome show. Huge, massive, gargantuan show. Once again, we just, we've seemed to lost track of our two hours. Actually, I think, Ryan, you might be the last guest for a little while. So feel very honored. We're actually thinking about starting a Patreon soon, and that's going to probably be one of our things on our Patreon uh, as well down the road so um but it was, it's been great to have you man thank you again for being on yeah right on thank you guys yeah, so thanks much. man a you're blast. a great host yeah. thank you um oh, well thank you you guys have been uh really awesome and uh you know nice like thank you guys very much it's been a a, a slight nerd dream come true so I <laughs> <you guys. laughs> anytime man you're just welcome. wait to get to hear yourself fun. listening back to it it's always very strange to hear your own voice <laughs> I know. I'm gonna be driving through LA like, man, that's how stupid I sound. <laughs> no, no, no. no. You, you, the more, the more you do it, the more you get used to it, and you realize you're gonna sound yeah. stupid no matter what you do to yourself. Mm-hmm. That's true. <laughs> you just get yeah. better at sounding stupid. So I mean, that's really that's really the goal. You articulate your stupidity better. Yeah, <laughs> that's the key. 
<laughs> um, thank you, thank you to all of our guests: Shay Something Layton like from Japan, um, Anthony Fisher, and his chocolate starfish in Texas. Um, of course, Joshua Fowler <laughs> from Michigan, and of course myself here from Montana. Thanks everybody for being here. Thanks for everybody for listening. Um, we will be back next week with an all-new Chompcast. And until then, peace out. Chocolate starfish! <laughs> <laughs>